From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, tonight we are talking about a science fiction film called Alligator. It came out in 1980. So tonight we will reveal what we thought about the film, the ins and outs of the narrative and the film language, plus a deep dive into a specific piece of science that the filmmakers are proposing in Alligator. This film came out in 1980. It was directed by Louis Teague and written by John Sayles. It does star Robert Forrester, or Forster, Robin Riker, and Michael V. Gazzo. Gazzo. <laughs> Our good friend John Sayles of uh, Brother from Another Planet mm. fame. Yes. So it's nice to see something else he's done. Definitely. Before yeah. we continue on, if you've yeah. not seen this movie yet, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler. We're going to talk about warning. all warning. of the ways people warning, die. Warning, 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 warning. Go Please. back now, watch the film, come back and listen to us. Uh, it'll be well worth it. I, well, that's what my mum says. <laughs> your mum is a big supporter of Space Brains and, and I love her for it. And she also gives us feedback. So if you are out there and you do listen, you watch Alligator and you start listening to this, give us some feedback. Let us know what we're doing right, wrong, annoying, good, great, all those sorts of things as we do the same thing when we look at these science fiction films. So Alligator is basically about an alligator that gets uh, fed scientific experimented dead dogs, <laughs> which sounds weird. Uh, in the sewage system, and he kind of just he or she i don't i don't we don't actually know grows to an enormous size and then just basically goes on a rampage yeah, first of all in the people yeah first of all in the sewage system and then expands out into the city uh in the United States um when it is disturbed by this detective who is investigating the missing sort of people um yeah, it's it's an interesting 1980s horror science fiction, definitely. Uh, so I really am pretty pretty interested to get into this film and delve deep into what makes it a science fiction, sorry. So I was wondering, what is the science that you're going to focus on later today? Oh man, something that's really interesting and a lot of people always find it fascinating. It turns up in quite a lot of science fiction films, but it also turns up in reality. And it is gigantic animals. Yes. The world of gigantic people. <laughs> we love gigantic animals in sci-fi. How do we get gigantic animals? Yeah. Which ones have existed? Uh, is it feasible that we could have a gigantic Honey, I shrunk, alligator? I blew up. I shrunk the kids. Yeah, <laughs> in, indeed. And this, uh, this movie, of course, is based off a lot of these... Uh, urban legends, or mm. maybe it's the um, maybe they call modern myths. Mm. 
of yeah. the you know the alligators. It's an American myth going super back. Super American, isn't it's it? It's going yeah. back to the eighteen uh, hundreds. Yep. Uh, and more recently, the nineteen thirties, mm-hmm. and it's a fascinating story. It is that that that, that it was such an eighties thing. I think some of these myths, right? These oh, urban yeah. legends. Urban legends came of out and culminated in the nineties with that movie, Urban Legend. <laughs> which I'm surprised they didn't put an alligator in that urban legend. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more movies that just do this because uh, as a teen, you always hear these urban legends and yeah. you don't always realize that that's all they are. You think that they might be a bit true. Yeah. Well, th- this sort of takes that idea of flushing an alligator down the toilet and you know now it's become this horrific big creature because of other factors. But isn't it the same premise as like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Like they were flushed down the toilet. They were flushed. They became heroes. <laughs> but and they became the mutant thing. heroes. Like this mutant. And it's if you're looking at the uh, larger themes in general, it's about uh, you know disposing of unwanted things. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, just like p- flush them away. Animals, creatures, yeah. people. Doesn't getting, matter. Getting yeah. rid of the stuff that we personally don't value for whatever reason. Yeah, and then it comes back. Yes. In fact, my number one takeaway. Yeah, your number one takeaway. Number for one alligator. takeaway. Is, <laughs> I learned that if you try to flush your problems away, they will bite you in the bum in the end. <laughs> yes, yeah. literally bite you in the bum because yeah, we have that, that coming up behind the guy, don't we, the a couple of times? There's a couple of, oh, I'm just bending over and trying to <laughs> inspect this thing on the ground here. Oh, this damn trolley is wedged. Quick, quick. Here he comes. going to bite you on the ass. This penny seems to be wedged between these two flowers. I'll pull it out. That's right. So tell me though, Mark, was it hope, warning or experiment? There were experiments in it. There were experiments, but to me, this is just one of those clear warnings. And I think because it does lean into a bit of horror, uh, this film, like I think, I think this film is borderline horror science, science fiction. Oh, absolutely. But there is science in it. There's enough science in it to, to hold it as a space brain review movie. Uh, but yeah, just pure warning, pretty much what you're saying. Like don't humans, like to get rid of our problems and literally in this film it's just like flush it down the toilet you know throw it out in the garbage get rid of it that kind of concept and when we do that of course we kind of you know the balance of nature is put out of whack mm, i suppose you think maybe it's one of these environmental tales environmentalists like yeah almost almost where I we're think... tinkering we're tinkering a bit with nature to yep. try and manipulate it into yep. our own yes goals without concern yeah that's one side of it. But then the other side, of course, as you said, we've, we're just chucking these animals and seeing them as, as without value and it turns mm-hmm. around and... And bites you on the butt. And <laughs> bites our butts. Yeah, I think it's a total warning. Like, it's, it just literally is. Like, you, you, you can't just throw everything out and then expect no repercussions. You yeah, know? So, I know. You know, like, we, and this is what we're doing, right? Like, we throw everything out to the garbage chip for years and years and years and guess what? You know, we're causing this like environmental catastrophe. We drive cars, we burn carbon, we, you know, burn coal, and of course, we are now in this kind of catastrophe. If we went back to the '80s movies, I mean, when I was a kid, there were so many of these '80s movies. It's so obvious what we were doing. I mean, that's what I read even when I was a kid and I saw Alligator. I mean, I just thought, yeah, you th- you can't flush stuff down the drain and just expect it to be flushed away forever, right? Yeah, flush who, away your problems. I, I do have to ask, so who are these people who? buy little alligators as pets just for because the, their daughter goes, I want one, I want one. Yeah. You're but, not getting a freaking alligator. Are you crazy? <laughs> I wouldn't even buy you a cat, let alone an alligator. I know. 
But that's you and me in this era in the 1980s. Who cares? In the 80s, you just, well, the start of the film is, is in 68. Yes, but yeah, so it's even earlier. Yeah, so yeah. the little girl wants an alligator. Having just watched it, maul someone. Yeah. Uh, and the parents, rather than going, it's like it's an alligator. No. Yeah, it's going to become huge. Going, oh, okay. Yeah. And then the dad just goes, yeah, I'm just going to flush it. Yeah. You're like, what sort of attitude is that? He's like, I oh, know. Oh, you're with this kid, and I'm just going to put in a bag with these broken bottles, drive really fast, and chuck out the window of my car. Yeah. yeah. And and the mum's sitting there going, What have I married? Yes. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Jim Gaffigan say that joke of like, you know, you drive down the freeway and the guy like just chucks the bag of rubbish out of the car, like a literally like a, a garbage bag of rubbish, just throwing it out on the freeway. How bad is that guy's day? I mean, he's just having a rough day, isn't he? That that's what he's into. Well, he's and, had a rough and, life, yeah. Yeah, he's having a rough like that's what he thinks it's acceptable to just drive down a freeway and throw a uh, bag of garbage out. So that's what the dad is like here. And but it is, I mean, I think maybe also for us in Australia, this is a little bit of a culture difference, right? Like because in America you can own some of these creatures and it's fine and people apparently again you know if you're out there in the united states listening to us uh let let me know if i'm right or wrong here but you know there's there's kind of you know the allowance you're in an apartment you can have a big dog you can have an alligator maybe well, in <laughs> you can a, have snakes in a lot of these movies you keep seeing you know, snakes and there's giant yeah, tarantulas and, yeah those kind and of other things. ridiculous things uh, i mean i do wonder whether things have legally changed a bit over the year but i mean again you know they're big on their rights of guns and the rights of things that, i can tell you here in yeah. australia we try not to have spiders in the home no and we, and we can't we can't really get rid of them can we <laughs> no there's just an acceptable loss yeah. of life that you have to uh, you do have to lose a few with, children along it, the way it, it, it just comes with the territory <laughs> it does but yeah i think maybe there's a bit of a cultural thing and also yeah the fact that it is as you said 1968 1980 that well yeah you have a pet because the thing is yeah it's 196 but then later in the movie that guy does try to sell the alligator as well no he gets busted but though. he gets busted that ah, time ah you know yeah 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 he does mm. oh well that is interesting so mm. maybe uh, i don't who knows this might is, just be this the is time beyond our knowledge it is. <laughs> if you tried to buy a baby crocodile saltwater crocodile in australia you'd be in for a shock they're not well-mannered creatures yeah. But I think, again, like with this theme of just flushing stuff away and, and the environment, maybe even environmental theme, whether that's majorly what uh, John Sales and, and Lewis were going for. But, um, you know, like here in Australia, you do go to those crocodile farms and mm. there's baby crocodiles. You take photos with them, you hold them, all that kind of stuff. I mean, most of those crocodiles are not necessarily being treated that well and they're basically being bred for their skin. Uh, so it's not like kind of, and, and, you know, tourists come and they're like, yeah, take photos and all this sort of stuff. Like you're not necessarily supporting like animal welfare or anything. Right. Cause it's just like a tourist thingy. Um, so I guess that's the thing. Like in back in 1968, here's an alligator farm. Yeah. Buy an alligator, walk away. They probably would have done that here in Australia if they could have. That'd be terrifying. Because you you do also like you know you know I don't know about you but like you go to places in Thailand or Indonesia and you will walk down the street and they like like throw a snake on you or throw a monkey on you and they're like take a photo twenty bucks you know all this sort of stuff and you're like no no uh, and it's just people making money you know like God, using you, animals in that way. How many times does a tourist 
either punch the monkey or get punched <laughs> by the monkey. Well, either way. And then either way, you still have to pay them 20 bar. <laughs> so, no, no matter okay. what. <laughs> so, But I just wonder, like, back in 1968 in the US, whether this was just, yeah, this is just the acceptable behavior, you know? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite scene? Sorry. Favorite scene. Uh, I really did very much like the very opening scene where there's a girl and her family. In fact, I think we, we learned that girl to be the uh, heroine, Marissa. Yeah. Yes, later on, Doctor. And Dr. she's there with her family and we get a scene where like a, a an alligator handler, I don't, God knows what he's doing there with baiting alligators or something. Yeah. He gets what he deserves though because he trips over, he gets his leg caught and the alligator mauls his leg and it's quite... Mm. But what I really liked about that scene, it's a great way of just starting a film like this because this, this is the sort of film that has to have a bit of a slow build-up. Yeah. You know, you've got to introduce some characters. You've got to show what life is like and things so that you can then start introducing this monster. Yeah. And this is a great way of having that immediate education. By the way, folks, here's an alligator. Mm. This is just a normal alligator. Yeah. And look, it's just savage. These guys, like they're dangerous creatures. Yeah unpredictable mm. and you don't want to mess with them. Yep. And then, and it was quite a nice sort of tense the thing. I I wasn't expecting, I was expecting, uh, you know, the guy to, to jump aside and, yeah, yeah. you know, not have this rather horrible scene occur, but it does. <laughs> it does. And, you know, me, anyone who's been listening to this podcast for long enough knows I have a, a bit of a dark part of my soul, which finds joy in, um, <laughs> in, such tragedy and, and Oh, horror. you would have found a lot of joy in this whole movie then, wouldn't you? But you know what is really good in this movie? I mean, I, I've said previously, I've, I've looked at a lot of horror, especially when I was younger, I looked at a lot of horror. You know what is really good is that most, and I, I do say most because as the film progresses, it does change a little bit, but most of the people that get ripped apart are bad guys oh, yes. in this story. Like in this story, they're sort of like they're, they're committing sin, which again is a golden rule of horror that you commit sin, you're going to get ripped apart, right? By whatever the creature is, in this case, an alligator. There is some innocence that are taken. But you, you have know, to have that because that, that demonstrates that it, it is an evil creature. Yes, it, yeah. It's not a, yeah. you, you're not allowed to have pity on it and go, oh, this poor thing. It's only like defending itself against mm. these yeah, mean people. Yes. It's yeah, also then gone and, you know, yeah. eaten a few dogs off the street and yeah. some other people. Yeah. But it, but it is, so that so going back to Surrey's dark side, yeah, I thought you would have liked some of those, like, you know, the fact that, it, you know, yeah, the journalist is a bit of an arsehole and then he gets ripped oh, apart. And, I am you know, like, inexplicably you know, drawn towards monster films where people get eaten. The pet, the straight away at the start, we'll get into the narrative in a minute, but straight away, you know, the pet store, he is dodgy, he is slimy, and guess Isn't what? He, good, he gets though? bitten on the butt. Like, it's exactly right. Is, is that actor, he was He's so good. good in that. It was just, uh, right, okay, well, let's get let's get in uh, a little bit further along here. So, what's one of the, um, we talk about some of the science here, but what's the sci-fi part that you quite liked in this film? Well, I liked that the scientists were evil. Oh, I don't think we've, yeah, well, we haven't really majorly had evil scientists, have we? And that's because we've been in the more recent films. Like, yeah. it goes through waves as to I when... Mean, who the evil people are. The, the scientists save us. The scientists just destroy yeah. us. 
At the, I liked, in the 80s, it was yeah, definitely... scientists science. were bad guys yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. And that's what we grew up with. Scientists are bad guys. They're nerds or they're bad guys. It's, a, it's a one or the either, right? One or the other. But, uh, I mean, Tao, I mean, Tao, you know, the guy's pretty evil in that, right? Yeah. Because he's invented this machine and he's torturing people. Um, so we have looked at a couple of films where, I mean, we've looked at films where the science is bad, but I really liked how, like, evidently, I mean, straight away when that pet shop shop guy, like, even that pet shop guy who was dodgy and sketchy and stuff, like, when he sees the sign, the sign is just like, you know... <laughs> Cutting up a dog, and it's like I need more puppies. I need yeah, more puppies. He you know? specifically like, says puppies. puppies. And then later in the film, and the, even the pet, like, and you can dispose of these bodies. You know, like get rid of these bodies. We need more. We need to keep up the quota. And then later, as he tells us, that he's cut out their larynx. I mean, as a dog owner, just, you're like, just calm, that's oh, a yeah. great idea, by the way. Cut but, their voice box out so they don't <laughs> make so much noise. You're yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, like it's a workplace. You know, we can't have them barking all the time. Oh. You know, we're just about to experiment. So I loved that the science was the fact that the scientists were just evil motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> Corrupt. Uh, and of course, the uh, the mayor and yeah, the, then you the get head into of the, the science the corporation. Slade, I think his name was. You know, like he, you know, the boss of the company was a guy called Slade. And then he's like corrupting the mayor and the police force. And yeah, it's great, isn't it? That's fantastic. Um, uh, what about your viewing experience? I myself has se- have seen this film previously, but it's been a long time. So I might have been sometime in my teenage years. I don't exactly remember, but I definitely saw this film. Probably one of those periods of my life where I like was really into watching a lot of horror um so some point in my teenage maybe at some sleepovers you know when you're 13 14 this would have been the thing that you would have rented you know like the seven movies for seven bucks yeah all you youngsters out there you don't understand <laughs> Back in the old days. go down to a place called well we didn't even really have Blockbuster. It came and went right at the video, end. But Video Easy. Video Easy, yeah. Uh, and then, like, just local video shops. I mean, honestly, that's what it was. But you used to get seven weekly video, VHS uh, yeah. for seven bucks. Yeah, I mean, considering now you go and jump onto Amazon Prime, I paid three <laughs> bucks to get the um, Tenet. Yeah. That was worth it. Mm? We should do that in a future episode because it's... It's worth a second watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I'm pretty sure, just like you, I watched this on a sleepover at some point in my teenage yeah. years. Because when you're yes, like 15, say, you're getting out and you're allowed to go down the video shop on your own. Yeah, and you've right. got a bit of money. But yeah, yeah there's, <laughs> there's four of you and like suddenly you know, seven movies of $7. You go, yeah, yeah, that's Let's awesome. Let's do that and we'll watch all seven tonight. Yeah. <laughs> of course, as an adult, I'm sort of going, uh, I would not watch seven that's crazy <laughs> yeah, like. no, no. so seven dollars yeah same thing alligator and i watched we, i watched a lot of like i watched the howling yeah did, the was john cool. sales involved in the howling who Ooh. was it who did the howling well that's a good question i actually oh, i somehow think he was he but someone we just recently did yeah was we did because we looked into a bit of john sales yeah but yeah we used to always rent that and you'd watch like You'd watch like three of the seven movies in the one night before everyone conked out for the end of it. Oh, you'd you know. feel so seedy and gross. Yeah, I know. Sometimes a little bit more. Um, yeah, I myself watched it, one of those things, and then 
I think I might have watched it a couple of years later as well as, as part of watching yeah, a whole the bunch howling, of The Howling, screenplay by John yeah, Sayles. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it, yeah, The Howling, Alligator. I didn't realize I was a big John Sayles fan. No, neither did I. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was it like this time, you felt? This time was quite good. Uh, what I liked about it this time is I was, again, looking to get get that joy out of it. Because, you know, it's 1980, yeah. it's 40 years ago. Yep. So you can imagine, you know, the, the video quality, the sound, the type mm. of music, the sort mm. of action, the special effects, you know, 40 years old. Yep. And we're, and we're not talking about 2001 Space Odyssey's level of budget here. But you get into it and the music works well. It's a bit Jaws reminiscent. Yeah, it is. But it does that. It still good, works. It does it with good effect. You buy but if it. you if you go in with it and you just let that seep in and you remember yourself, uh, in, you know, I remembered myself in the eighties or in the nineties as a teenager watching these things. Yeah, it it really, and, and that's what I did. I, I got into it and uh, I quite found that yeah, the the characters were quite good. I could see. Yeah. We mentioned in that brother from another planet, John Sayles, he wrote the script there and did the the thing. You know, Amazing little vignettes, little little (laughs) characters in there, like these conversations and Mm. and the personality quirks and and were really in there. And so I was watching for that as well. And yeah, there was a few bits in here where you could say, okay, that's the sort of thing John Sells So this film is before Brother. Yep. There's being 1980, Brother being 1984. I don't know in what order he wrote them. Yeah, yeah. They could have been written about the same time. But yeah, I really, yeah, that's what I was, I was doing. I was getting into that and letting it sink in. I was wearing headphones, watching, listening, mm-hmm. so I get the full sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It, um, you know, I didn't get that. There was no queasiness or, or yeah, like it yeah. wasn't like a really visceral film. Yep. But it was very enjoyable, and uh, I think yeah, the writing. I did notice that the characters were. were more interesting, there was a few things in there. We'll talk about them as we go along. Yeah, I, I felt this time for myself as well, coming at it from more of an adult perspective and also obviously the science point of view, uh, like I said, I, I liked I liked the narrative structure. I felt there was a couple of jump scares. I liked the alligator, how they shot the alligator, and I'll, I'll go into a bit of detail as we go through the narrative. But uh, some good shots in that kind one. Kind of like pretty cool how they did a mixture of, you know, puppetry, you know, real alligator in a model set. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's good, cool. Good, like, yeah. it was really, the way they did that, I thought was really great. Um, like you, I liked a lot of the way the characters were developed. The baldness factor of our main character was an interesting theme. So we'll come back to that. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, it was, and it also, and again, going back to the bad guys was so evident and that the fact that the bad guys got ripped apart. You know, you can imagine sitting there with like a bowl of popcorn and just kind of like going, yeah, you know, like as oh, kids, yes. you can imagine teenage kids kind of like cheering it on. And, and, you, and I when liked that, that. Uh, cop who's thrown out of the boat and they yeah. grab him and start pulling him up and then he goes, <laughs> oh, and starts yeah. screaming. Yeah. And sure enough, comes up with little stumps. Yes. And that just, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that, yeah, little teenage sorry, we're going, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Me likey. <laughs> that is unpleasant. Yes. So what about yourself creatively before we get stuck into the narrative? Have you been up to anything, either science fiction or, yeah, as I said, creatively in the past couple of weeks? Uh, creatively, I've finished the uh, initial outline of my um, screenplay. So I said Ooh. that I want to give it a shot because I 
So that's pretty fast. Pretty so fast did, turnaround. Well, yeah, um, it's it's not super detailed, but it it goes through the the major the major Bob beats. Points. Here we go, yep. and then and I've got a bit of um, uh, background story, uh, you know, show bible type yep. of information there, some information on themes and mm. uh, and and so on, and yeah. So if it, there's a bit of background there. I've written, I wrote that audio drama, so there's a bit of a audio play. And that uh, yeah, had its ups and downs. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm quite pleased how, with how it turned out, all things yep. considered. And from that, I wrote some books, and I thought, okay, they're great. I've written some novels. I've written that. Mm. I wrote this short story, and that short story really sort of captured me. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I've I've written this sort of horror short story, yeah, novella, uh, and I've done audio, and I've done novel. I might try screenplay. Mm-hmm. So, um, big fan of all of these genre. Episode episodic series, yep. Yep, so yep, you yep. know Stranger Things, The Witcher. Yeah, you know, obviously mine will probably probably be a little bit better than both of those <laughs> combined. Yeah, of um, course. I mean, and the only way I'll be able to ensure that it is better than both of those combined is by never showing anyone. Yeah. As soon as I show someone, it's like you know we talked about the uncertainty principle. Schrodinger's cat. The so long as no one sees my screenplay, it is both the best screenplay in the world and yep. the worst. Yeah, that's and right. And you won't know until someone observes it. Mm. That's a and good, I'm, good I'm way afraid, to much it. like the poor old cat, it's got a bad history of it. But we'll <laughs> see how it goes. So, so that's quite good. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm got to. So I've got to actually start writing now the script, the script format. I've got a mm. a Google Docs plugin yep. which formats awesome. in in the right way. Yep. And my phone just detected me saying, "Oh, I lie." My phone just detected me. So oh, that's another bit of technology. Got there's this phone detects me saying certain keywords, and that's doing a bit of search. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's what I've been up to. Uh, I've got that uh, writing group. The writing group is just me at the yep. moment, but a few yep. people have now started to respond back and saying, "Hey, I'd like to come along." Yeah, that's interesting. So hopefully next week. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's Easter, so maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I just in the thick of planning, writing, like which which I've been saying, uh, I've been working on a couple of different scripts, which are not uh, one is science fiction, which I think I've mentioned previously, and then the other are kind of uh, drama thriller sort of ones again, and uh, yeah, they're uh, like they're super close. Like I feel like I'm really happy with them, and then I've sort of palm them off to my wife to do that last check and then the last take you down to pick yeah <laughs> and, and i mean a few things have come up which have just hesitated me going full steam into making them but i'm hopeful that in that one will be shot in about eight weeks so we'll sort of like you know make start making the the head roads on that uh and then it's on the other side of stuff is organizing things you and i are talking about this Space brains and how that will evolve, which we keep kind of talking uh, about. We keep hinting at this because we're not quite ready to. No, make not quite. But maybe in this next month, so the next couple of episodes, there'll be many more, still, many more details. We're still fiddling with the exact shade of yellow to use. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it's close. It's one close. is too bright. One is too sickly. We're we're in between. We're somewhere. We're, we're somewhere. We're getting there. We're getting we there. It's it's just um, just gonna get just the right edge on mm. it, and then. Uh, it'll go. Yeah, but you've also been working on the new Space Brains website, which is awesome. So again, we'll launch all that. 
And then, yeah, likewise, on another side of my creative thing is, yeah, just getting people together for the Mandra Film Network. So there'll oh, be yes. an event coming up for that, which uh, last week was in the local paper. They ran a little story on it, oh, um, nice. uh, the Coastal Times. And then I've kind of been said it will be this week for the Mandra Mail, but I don't, I haven't heard back from them now. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, just trying to put that that word out there on that. Um, and yeah, a few, I feel like we are in, it sounds cheesy, but the farmer planting the seed stage. Absolutely. I think so. I think so. It's kind of like we're about to sprout stuff. It's, it's <laughs> bubbling there. As soon as we can sort of announce it, the yeah. website, uh, as soon as we've got some promotional material for this mm. other stuff we're doing, yeah. as soon as we sort it out, uh, we've got some really promising uh, leads, leads yeah, I guess, leads in terms of the, the yeah. local... Yeah. Um, community and some support there, mm. which yep. So yep. This, it'll be fun. So we're still being a little bit cagey. Yeah, it's a little bit cagey, <laughs> a little bit like an alligator in the cage, maybe. Sorry, eating <laughs> mutant dogs. Yeah, that's what we're like. That's what space brains do. So yeah, there's there's some big things coming very soon. We'll let you guys know very very soon. So let's delve into alligator. So like we mentioned, uh, directed by Lewis Teague. Start, uh, written by John Sales. I think he's one of the journalists, right? Did you, did you recognize him as one oh. of the journalists? The way he asked a question. No, I didn't. But he's not like attention. the main two, but the, yeah, I'm sure that's him because it looks very similar to the crazy alien dancing go, guy. Okay, okay I'm going to. So go back, see if you can spot it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. John Sales is out there. I can see him on Facebook and Instagram. So let me know if I'm right, John. Did you play a little cameo? Uh, Robert Foster. Robin um, River and Michael V. Gazzo sort of star as the key ones here. I noticed the budget was pretty substantial for this film. Like a couple of million for 1980 was was pretty big time, I think. Uh, and it turned around a return of about $8 million, So kind of was in the good zone, good bit of profit. But and it's, it's still going, I think, uh, really. It's probably yeah. still get some... Some uh, sort of revenue driven fans, any, any of these... Animals eating people films yeah. gets fans. <laughs> it does. Uh, and this is a good one. I mean, I liked the, you know, very early, just talking about some of the things we liked before, but, you know, when we get to the scenes where there's the, he's, he's, they fish out the uh, arm, like the arm's really quite realistic, you know, in the plastic bag and same with the leg and, um, and the dogs and stuff. They all look pretty realistic, you know. I, I liked it. So we'll get stuck into the narrative. One thing I want to say in this film, which really stood out to me, and I think they did it very uh, wisely and also very cleverly, because films don't always do this, uh, is signs and symbols. So uh, Mm. throughout this film, there's a couple of key signs that I picked up on, and I'll kind of hone in as we go through the narrative. But one thing was alligator signs. So just literal alligator signs throughout. So whether it's like the toy alligator, whether it's the eyeball, whether it's the tooth, they all kind of came around. And I'll I'll kind of point out a couple as well when we get there. The other thing was water as well, like water kept reappearing. And they didn't just do small amounts of water. There was like large volumes of water in this They were wading through it almost constantly. They were wading through it, yeah. yeah I was going to say, those signs, I, I was picking up on those. I really liked. Yeah. I, I, you pointed one out there about the in the police station. Mm. There was one maybe you didn't notice was they were at, I um, can't remember whose house it was. Maybe it was Marissa's house. Mm, yeah. 
and there's some like black and white movie poster type things. Yeah. And one of them had like in scripts, it said um, Ramon Santiago as yep. like a one of the actors. And her pet alligator's name was Ramon mm. when it was flugged. And, and so there, there's the cop sitting there with the name Ramon just over his shoulder, yeah, like a yeah, newsreader, yeah. yep. while they're talking about this alligator. And I I saw that and I thought that's quite an interesting little thing. And of course, mm. they said that the sign and the police force and yep. some of the graffiti about the place and things. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of pick that out as we go through the narrative. So how does it start? Sorry. Oh, well, it starts, as I said, with my favorite scene. We get like the alligator close up and then we sort of uh, cut around and we see that there's a guy wading through the water towards it and then it pulls back and we see it's a like a farm or a show or, you know, like a zoo Mm. or something. Again, I'm not entirely sure what the guy's doing, but the alligator sort of makes a move. So he steps back and slips. His foot falls between two logs, which fall back and he trips. Yep, yep. And this alligator goes, ooh, oh, I'm there. And they had no safety equipment whatsoever, <laughs> no. which I think is, is 1968. Yep. To be fair, I know that the um, you know, workplace accidents were much higher. They were. Back in the city, here in Australia as well. It's, yep. There's a good reason why we got all unionized and had labor. And, yep. uh, and, and sometimes now, it takes events like this, like at an alligator farm that a guy loses his leg, that you go, oh, we need better yeah, safety. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe there should have been someone with him yeah. with like a... A stick a, a or something stick. to <laughs> poke the alligator yeah. away. But anyway, it's, so yeah, this little girl's watching this alligator dude yeah. get his leg mauled and there's blood and it's quite, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really quite horrific. Yeah. It's, it's very well done. I, yeah. I'm not sure how they got this alligator to do that with, uh, you know, some actor just sacrificed his leg for the show, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, and, and the family around this, the, the watch this guy get dragged off on a stretcher and the voice of the microphone is, ah, it's all right. Well, what do you expect? You came here to see a bit oh, of action yeah. and you got it. Yeah, I yeah. like to tell both their, their, her parents and um, there's two good things there. Like both her parents, they said comments like, oh, it's just part of the show. And yeah. <laughs> just, oh, do they have to use so much fake blood? They use a lot of fake blood. And, and also it was interesting how that was shot because it was kind of like just totally shot from the girl's point of view. Mm. So it was very kid-like in that she was really observing and seeing every bit of detail, but the parents seemed to be ignoring it. And it seemed that way with the, the rest of the crowd. Like the crowd were kind of like cheering it on, earing it on. And then when it seemed serious, they kind of backed away a little bit. But they, even when they pulled that guy away and that, you just said the voiceover guy's like, well, you came to see a show, you know, uh, ringmaster sort of style. Uh, other people were like really staring and then going, oh, no, he is actually hurt. You know? Yeah, that, that would be so, horrific to watch. I yeah. Say. Oh, it'd be, but it doesn't turn this girl off alligator. No, she Quite wants a little pet alligator. And and she does. She goes, gets one. Uh, Dad's not so pleased. But they take it back to Chicago. They do. Because, you know, where else are you going to take an alligator? No, that's not? right. To a cold climate. Yeah, to a co- <laughs> cold climate where it's surely... Anyway, I suppose it's a bit warmer down the sewers. Yeah, so she takes it down there and the dad comes home and he says, oh, I've had it up to my eyeballs with this I don't know this what the alligator has done to him. <laughs> well, he, he mentions, you know, there's bits of alligator poop all around the place ah, and it's just right. chewed on stuff. And yeah. So he grabs it, takes it up and... and Flush it out, which is a really weird way of getting rid of it. I would have it just taken to a pet store or a vet or something. Yeah. Well, if you just, or just kill it, kill it, right? Like Put it in the freezer? Yeah. Or just chop uh, its head off or something. Yeah. Shovel. Bit, flushed it down the toilet. Yeah. And here we get a bit of uh, going, you know, camera work going through the pipes the and sewage the system, water yeah. and the flush. And finally, we end up down here with like a, a little outlet pipe spewing onto the 
pass yeah. in the sewer, in the I sewer guess. System, I, it yeah. seems a strange... You wouldn't think a toilet would actually just dump out like that, but okay. You you never would, but that's how they always show it in those American movies. Yeah, they always they? show it. It's in like, Ninja Turtles as well. Yeah, it always shows exactly like this the same. great huge tunnel that you can walk around yeah, in. Yeah. Because I, I'm pretty sure that most of the sewer network is not like that. No. It's actually quite a bit smaller. Yep. But they always have, yeah, just the little little Just a tiny just pipe with a bit of water coming on out with of a bit of water tripping There's always out. dripping water. If you're always dripping water, where's all that water coming from? Yeah, well, anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, well, they do. They do bring this up. There's a, a bit of a line which says later on in the film mm. that they've got a combined um, drain and sewer system. Uh, okay, yep. yep so, because yep. I, I was thinking that going, that looks more like a stormwater drain. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't just have sewers like that. Yeah, and they're yeah. not that big because sewers don't handle that much water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway, a little alligator drops down. A little Ramon drops down. Onto the thing and just kind of blinks its eyes and sort yeah. of scurries off. It's cute. It's That's really lovely. cute. It's a little... 12 years later. That's right. We have Detective David Madison. And he's a bit of a like... He's a great 80s, world-weary, tired... Leather jacket wearing. No bullshit kind. <laughs> you know, he's seen a bit of shit on the scene, right? Uh, and he goes into this uh, pet shop. He's played by Robert Forster. Um, and he goes in saying that he's lost a puppy and he's buying a new puppy to the pet shop owner, who's this great... Again, the, all the roles in this film, besides like the couple of key characters, and even really Robert Foster, they they kind of like... None of them are really classically Hollywood good-looking people, right? Like, And this pet shop guy's perfect. He's a bit overweight. He's balding. Um, his teeth are a bit He's got his teeth off. pretty dodgy. He's not good-looking. And he just... Once this guy starts saying he's buying a new puppy and he lost his old puppy was stolen or lost, uh, he goes, "Yeah, this neighbourhood, you know, people take everything." And well, he, he does this thing where he looks at him really oddly yeah. and like, like, like really penetrating with his eyes and goes, "I know what you're going through." <laughs> and yeah, the cop sort of looks up a bit, and this is one of those I think John Sale script moments. The mm. cop sort of stops and looks up and goes, "You know, questioning glance at him," mm. and the guy sort of. He looks just a little bit too long without answering, you know, with his yeah, mouth yeah. a little bit open and sort of looking. It's just a bit, you immediately go, oh, what the hell is this yeah, guy? Yeah, this guy's right? sketchy. And he says, you're balding up the front and the back, <laughs> just like me. And he, and he shows yeah, that yeah. he's balding as well. And okay, yeah, like in the cops, you know, mm. Madison sort of goes, okay, yep. And that's where he starts talking about the puppy and he, mm. you know, he wants a new puppy. Uh, and there, there's some dogs have gone missing on the street. And the pet store owner goes, oh, no, yes, that does happen around here, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, this neighbourhood, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Always blame it on the neighbourhood. You immediately get this, like, real bad feeling about this this pet shop owner, just that. You do. Immediately, it's the, well, kill the cat moment. It is. He, he hasn't done anything wrong. No. But just the way he opens with that, I know what you're going through, kind of, mm. he breaks the social... Um, norms mm, yeah. by looking a bit too intently and just launching this what seems to be a rather personal kind of observation like it's yeah. it's a bit it's a bit too personal it's it? way too personal if yeah. it was like you know I know what you're going through and he's like what, what do you know about me like yeah you know oh you've just lost your pet you must be sad and so well, he's like you're kind of making assumptions about me and, and you're getting we've not even said hello to each other yet and you're already trying to probe my inner psychology. That's just not right. No, it's not at all. So, yeah, he's, 
Yeah, it's a, I think it's a great job. That that actor guy doing his pet shop. He does. It's straight off you go, he's got he's a creep mm. and there's something wrong with him. You know, quite often in those sort of horror films, you know, like the people go up to the cabin in the woods, they always get petrol on the way. Yes. And there's that real dodgy country bumpkin kind of scene. And this is a bit similar to that. Yes, it's you a know, warning, it's, isn't it? It's a bit of a warning. Um, but what's great compared to a lot of the time that what happens in those those other horror films is like later you'll see those people being murdered, you know, the, the country bumpkin. And it's kind of, so it's a bit of a trick. You know, what sets off as like you think that they're a bit of a bad person, they're actually then a victim later, right? But in this film, <laughs> this best job guy is a bad guy. And so it's more setting up the stakes of he's a bad guy, he needs to get eaten. Like yeah. it's pretty it's pretty obvious that he's going to get eaten at some point. Uh, and he is the, the, he's the first sacrifice. But before he gets sacrificed, he Listen. goes to, he, he takes us on a journey to the science lab um, where, oh, actually, yeah, he's, sorry, he's driving down the road, the pet shop owner, and he sees a, a dog, a loose dog, uh, with a collar, so you know it belongs to someone, right? They've got the collar, deliberate, and he, like, sort of tricks the dog, come over here. Anyway, then he goes to the science lab. I can't remember the name of the company. I think you know, it's just Slade Industries. Slade, Slade Industries. Slade chemical, chemicals yeah. or something, yeah. Tony, Tony Stark Industries, something like Tony that. Tony Slade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he goes there and uh, comes into this science uh, lab. There's a young scientist who's like mutilating some sort of dog on, oh, the a, other on, a, on this a table. This young scientist is actually classically good looking. He is. He's, he's a got the, guy. the bum chin. He's mm. got the the blonde sandy yeah. hair combed off to the side. The penetrating eyes. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you would have expected this guy to be. He's the, the preppy boy who would wear his jumper hanging over his shoulder, mm. never actually wearing it. Yes. With a polo shirt, you know, that's at the country club. Yes. Um, and so the pet shop owner, I mean, it's great in this business and he's a bit disturbed by what the guy is like, how, you know, how much he's like dissecting. And the scientist is like, you know, I need more puppies. Give me more puppies. Yes, he's very specific. It's very like puppies. It's deliberately, you know, three or four times he says puppies, puppies. and and at the same time there's these garbage bags with corpse, you know, oh, dog puppy corpses, dogs, puppy, puppy corpses, dogs, puppy corpses, uh, and there's dogs in the background in little tiny cages. So you know, you you these guys are bad. Like straight away, it's so obvious they're bad. Uh, and he and he goes, I need more puppies, and you know, get rid of those ones, dispose of these ones. Um, and he does mention to him that a police officer had come by. And so yeah. the signs like, oh, okay, well, you know, get, you know, keep an eye on that. Um, at the same time, oh, he offers him cats. You sure you don't want some cats? Yeah, you want I've some got cats. plenty of cats. I've got lots of cats. Yeah, no puppies. <laughs> at the same time, uh, the detective uh, we see rocks up at the sewage plant, whatever yeah. you call it, yeah, and they've fished se- out separating waste. Yeah, separating p- waste plant. If you're out there and you work at those places. Sewage plant, probably. I don't know, something like that. Anyway, and there's the police officers and there's these guys in orange uniforms, <laughs> overalls. <laughs> so 80s, those uniforms, eh? And, he's, uh, and they're fishing out body parts, basically. And so they're starting to say, oh, like, you know, this, there's a body that's rocked up. It's a arm with a watch. <laughs> yeah, arm with a <laughs> and watch. And they, they put it in a plastic bag. And don't you love that you see how, if you've ever watched how crime shows have evolved over the years, like back then in the 80s, like, 
the guy's like the coroner or whatever. He's just like stapling a plastic bag with the with the, and he just gives it to the detective, right? Yes. Whereas now it's the opposite. It's almost like detectives stay back, you know, like gloves, plastic overalls. Are they, are they always use like, the pen to poke using, something? Yeah, they're like they're like you know they pick up things with tongs and they take a thousand photos. Whereas back in there, nineteen eighty, yeah, here's an arm. Just take it. Go for it. That's the evidence. What I don't yeah. need anymore. I'm not going to find anything more out of this. We're going to do DNA analysis. Well, yeah, we don't have this. <laughs> Uh, so we sort of know that something's a bit at loof. And at the same time, um, they have found, they've also fished out a rather large dog and they're speaking to this woman who's the owner of a small dog. And she's saying, well, this looks exactly like my dog, but it's enormous. Yeah. And they're going, well, you know, like maybe it's your dog. Are you a bit mistaken? She's like, no, no, no. She goes, but it's weird because it's got the same birthmark and it's got the same collar and the same footprints or something. I don't know. She says a bunch of detail. I can't quite remember. I was a bit like, what the? And she pulls out the little knitted sweater. Yeah. Said, Two months right. ago, was wearing this. And it's a little, clearly a from tiny a, little, maybe a Pomeranian or yeah, a Chihuahua-sized Chihuahua dog. Size, you know, yeah. It's a tiny dog. Whereas this corpse is a really big dog, it's, like a Dalmatian. It looks like a big mutt of a yeah, dog, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of a bit, you know, things are aloof. Back to the pet shop guy. He's then got the tro- trolley and he's going into the sewerage system. Pet uh, shop guys. It's like a bad cover band. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And he's got his trolley and he's got his garbage bags and he's taking them into the, the sewerage system and just going about his business. This is, he's used to doing it, obviously. And he gets to this kind of drop point where you can see there's a ladder going down, there's water, there's a sewage grate and there's a and a big huge pipe where water is draining through. So he kind of starts chucking the dead puppies in their plastic bags, you know, he throws them into the water. Uh he throws out one and it just womps onto the ground. Oh, that's pretty gross. Yeah. And so he's like, ugh so then he has to climb down. And then of course as soon as he starts doing that, in true horror film style, we start yeah. to get the point of view camera we start to get you know that there's a bit of suspicion and you're like he's gonna die he's gonna die badly and then but it gets worse than right like he he kicks the corpse into the water but then he realizes that there's a trolley kind of blocking the drainage system and so i guess like i was thinking geez like he's really going that's a lot of commitment like like, even if there's a sewage worker finds a dead dog does it really like come back to him so but anyway, he was committed to the cause. He hops into the water with this kind of Jaws-esque I wouldn't have stepped in on. that water just for no. the sake that you've been chucking corpses yeah. in there. That's, I mean, that's some dirty-ass water. Some dirty that's some dirty-ass... That is, right? That's nasty. So he gets in there and he starts rocking this trolley. You know, it's blocking the system and he's bent over and we've just got that... If it's a rocking, don't come chomping. That's right. And his butt gets bitten and he gets ripped over. And, of course, like we're joking here that his butt gets... You can make it sound like a comedy, but very quick. There's, you know, blood sprayed. Yeah, we get we yeah. get the the monster vision camera, we do. and he screams, and and the camera moves in very close, very fast. Yeah. So we know that he's been gotten. Yeah, he has. Um. So the, then from there, I, and again, I liked this in the narrative. Sorry that it's really rapid because then the detective is kind of they're fishing out that guy, the pet shop yeah. owner's uh, leg. I think right is that his right? leg, is and he, then his shirt, and his shirt. Like so, very quickly, it's like oh, you know, they've escalated the story because we're only about eight minutes into the film here, and we've already had you know the baby alligator, and we've had like you know two two or three death you know body parts rock up. We've had the pet shop sort of scenario. We've had the de- detective introduced. Um, and so they're like, oh, okay. So then, and then he's told that he'll have to 
front the press um, over this tomorrow. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, he'll be rocking up. And when he does rock up to the press, he's, he's, he's pressed about, oh, is this a serial killer? So they're starting to say, well, there's two dead bodies. You know, is this someone like mutilating someone, body parts, disposing of Well, see, in the, the 70s and 80s in the United States, there were a lot of serial killers. There must have been. And there were also like, you know, death cults. And yeah. there was a real association, basically, a, a concentration of serial killing through yes. the 70s, 60s, 70s, and the 80s. Yep. Uh, there's very few people have assigned, attributed thoughts to this. But since then, we haven't had the same level. Some people mm. say the reason we haven't is because we've gotten so much better at detecting crimes. Yeah. We catch them before they're serial killers. Like yeah. we get them when they kill the first person yeah. and we actually take it seriously and, and get them off the streets. Yeah. Whereas in the past, I'd go through you know eight or nine prostitutes before they then pick off someone who wasn't a prostitute and all mm. of a sudden it's you yeah, know, yeah. important to catch them and then you find out they've, <laughs> they've gone through you know half a year. You know, Half a soccer team's worth of people, you know, just mm. oh, uh, it's terrible. Is so, in the, the, if it, in the 1980, they're asking, Is the serial killer? Yeah, that's yeah, you wouldn't ask that now. If no. you found the body parts, they go, oh, What could it be a, a murder or an accident? You know, yeah, or isn't it in the 80s? They're going, Oh, Chicago, we're going to have another serial killer. Yeah, two deaths. We're these, on our these, way. These sell magazines. These sell newspapers. This yeah. is fantastic. Yes, definitely. Well, just on a little side note, Night Stalker is a Netflix doco series. Not at all science fiction, but very interesting about the Night Stalker serial killer in LA. Check it out. I, like, I really like that series. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the, the interesting thing in the press conference is it, re- it is revealed that uh, our main character, um, uh, David, Detective David, has come from St. Louis where he had like a bit of a botched crime happen. A, where a hotel incident. Some sort of incident happened uh, and it was a bit botched up. Seems like it's his fault and his partner was, was killed. So it's a good old, you know, your partner was killed. He can't be trusted. Yeah, what is it? That was a real eighties thing, wasn't it? Yeah, as well, you know. Oh, you're a loner. You you, you lose your. You got a bad habit of losing partners. Yeah, well, but to be fair, it's only one. Yeah, it's only one. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. And yeah, what's the details of that one? You know, was it a serial killer? Because <laughs> we know you can't find serial killers in the eighties um, or seventies. You know, whatever. Well, that's because they just go, oh, here's an arm, and they pick it up for the ground, <laughs> staple it in a plastic bag, and hand it to the cop. Yeah, and it's all just and, contaminated. And with the cop just wanders off with it and goes, well. Any evidence that might have been on or in that the mm. arm now is, you know, questionable. Yes. Well, I will say that's the thing with that Night Stalker. Like the thing they have is a is a footprint, a shoe print, and that's all they have on him. Like, and he keeps killing and raping people, and they, that's all they have is this shoe print. <laughs> they don't have anything else because there's no DNA. No. Like you know, was raping and murdering people very quickly. There's DNA, but uh, and he was just spreading his DNA everywhere, right? But it's like. So these days, he wouldn't have gone on as long as he he did. No, you know, just because, because of DNA. I mean, a lot of serial killers have, uh, you know, past crimes. That's right, and he did too. So he would have just been banned. Yeah, you know, after the first, one or the two. first, first thing. Oh, it's that guy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, DNA. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Okay. Done. Put him in jail. Uh, anyway, it was, <laughs> so, so Davo wants to search the sewers. Yeah, but actually, I was just going to say, in that press conference, there's there's a couple of journalists. They attack him pretty hard. One in particular, again, I was like, oh, he's a bad journalist. Yeah, he's he's one of those. He's like he's trying to dig the dirt on. Yeah, his. he's a muckraker. That's he what they call him. Yeah, because yeah. he, he tried to trick him. Like it wasn't just 
hard-hitting journalist. Yeah, tried yeah. To so trick how did he die? With a stab wound. Yeah, he tried to lie, and, tried to manipulate. And as we found out later on, it's like it was Madison's own gun that shot. Mm. So it's kind of almost like you know, really rubbing his face in it. Yeah. Like first of all, teasing him on it to see yeah. if he's going to fall into a lie, mm. but then it's also really pointing out. It was a gun, weren't gunshot. Ah, it was it's a your gun. Own gun. Yeah, we gun. all know that. Yeah. And he just wants him to. So he's been, you know, malicious. So you know he's a bad guy too. So David wants to head off to the Surus. He tries to convince a few of the guys. No one wants to work with him, which is always another classic. I've <laughs> got to say, if someone said, "Let's go trawl the sewers where people have been mutilated," I'd be kind of like, oh, that. Yeah, I I've know. I've got paperwork. I've yeah. got like I don't know, walking through sewers is yeah. just even if it was just to try and find the lost mm. car keys or something like yeah, you know, yeah, just, that's not how I want to spend my no. day. No, it is But yeah, he finds some young There's a young guy dude. called Kelly, um, I believe, and they investigate, they kind of you know, there's a great... So it's quite a long scene, them going through dark tunnels. They and get separated. There's some nice camera shots, you know, of reflections, lots of water again. And we see everywhere. the shadow of the alligator we behind do, them, but we, they're looking at a map and they don't yeah, know. They don't know. that. They are, that's a great kind of moment, isn't it? Um, and then they kind of separate, and then there's a moment where they kind of look off and, and David then goes, oh, you know, like, you've got to come this way, and he keeps talking and walking, and the camera follows him, and then he realises that Kelly's not with him. And so he kind of goes back and then you think, oh, he's been taken. And he kind of hunts him a bit. Again, wades through sewage and water and stuff. And, uh, they're not wearing gumboots. No, they're not wearing gumboots, really. And um, uh, gets to a point and then he's like, and there's a good little jump scare, isn't it? They, we have the da-na-na-na-na-na-na, but then it's Kelly. It's Kelly. Yeah. But they do come across the alligator. But then all of a sudden the alligator is there. So they it's run. A, they run for it and they go down this way and that. And they... Yep. Get down a, a passage, and there's a ladder up ahead. So Madison climbs up, mm. Kelly climbs up. The 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 sewer lid is is stuck, yeah, and he can't get it up. And then Kelly gets grabbed, and he's Easy. great bit of bit of uh, character acting here. Is his face looks horrified as yeah, he's grabbed and he's dragged away. And then the rather classic moment of you know they're gripping, holding on. Don't let go of me. I've got you. And no, course, don't let go. Let go. Uh, and, and the guy is dragged <laughs> off. And Madison doesn't handle this well. No. He wakes up in a hospital bed. That's how poorly he handled it. <laughs> he handled it so poorly, he he's, called an ambulance and got taken to the hospital. It is. So he's kind of blanked it out and, and woken up and his memory's a bit hazy. Um, the chief and the journalists kind of disturb him. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, and, the, and there's no comment, no comment. They're going looking for it. Um, and they and they they flee and the the um, sheriff is saying to him or the captain whatever is saying oh you know I'm gonna we're gonna settle this you know we're gonna take no one else saw the alligator you know uh, you know whatever and he's demanding David that we should just go back to the sewers to try to find Kelly we've got to we've got to figure this out so he says oh no I'm gonna take you to an expert um, and they take him he takes him to this Marissa. Yes, Marissa which is Kendall. the girl from the start growing up. She's a doctor, a PhD, specialist. I don't know what you call these people. Played by Riker. There you go. I'm sure there's a bad guy in one of the Arnold movies. Yeah. Riker. <laughs> Not part of the deal. So she's this expert at this university on reptiles and she basically dismisses the idea. She's like, they need, you know, alligators need sunshine. 
you know, how could it survive in sewage? It would need a constant food supply, constant which we supply. know it does. We know it has a food supply. the dead dogs, right? It's interesting here about the whole ownership of this alligator. It, mm. It's never outright said that it is. Uh, the implication is 12 years later, so you're assuming yeah. this has grown up. And that's why I think when they're talking and they're sitting on the couches and the post that says Ramon mm. behind it, it's kind of like that little hint going, it is it her is alligator. Yeah, Remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. But she just sort of dismisses it all. Uh, so then they walk away and the, the captain's like, see, you know, I told you, you know, she's the expert. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, she said, well, they get up to 15 feet. And I had to do a quick mental calculation and divide by like about 4.8 metres or something. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's... That's big. Big, but it's not big enough to eat a person. I could kill a person, but, mm. you know, it wouldn't be disposing of bodies like that. No. And as she said, it, it would have died off. It would have died. Basically, her point was, you know, it's not, it's too cold and there's no food. Yes. <laughs> and not a space, really. Yeah. But have you seen these sewer and systems? The noxious, They're really big. <laughs> noxious gases. Huge, huge sewer systems. And we know there are noxious gases and they had to have like gas masks. Yeah. But you know, the old um, reporter, the yeah. the mean dude, he goes down the sewers by, like, again, you're going, People have died down there. Yeah. Like, that is without question. Yeah. And this is what gets me in horror movies all the time. Some crazy cop comes out of the sewers going, oh, a giant alligator took my partner. And, yeah. and a giant alligator's been ripping people apart. And you kind of go, okay, that sounds a bit far-fetched. Yeah. And the experts are going, yeah, that's just not an alligator. But it seems in horror movies, they always go, okay, well, he, he's just talking crazy. And they dismiss <laughs> Everything. Let's go and investigate. Whereas the scientist, myself. And the, the scientist, the woman there, surely be going, okay, it wasn't an alligator, but we have at least two dead bodies that mm. we know of, yeah. a number of dead animals, and also this missing police officer, which we've got to assume was taken and killed. Like these guys both had guns and training, and you know, they're mm. not idiots. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of dead people ripped apart. Mm. Okay, it's not an alligator. But it's still not a place you want to walk in there by yourself with a no, camera. That's right. Like, let's say it is just a serial killer who's a little bit capable. Mm. You're still wandering into his lair with a Like, <laughs> it's just horror movies, I always do this. You know, I yeah. saw a werewolf. <laughs> Have you been drinking again? Yeah. As opposed to saying, okay, well, it, you might, might not be a werewolf because that sounds a bit unrealistic. Yeah. But you did see something, you're covered in blood, and yeah. it's not your so. And your friend's been let's, is disappeared. Let's you know? take it for granted that something horrible has happened. Yeah, yeah. Despite it doesn't matter what the explanation was, it's still something we don't want to encounter. Mm. A, a dude with a chainsaw, don't want to know about it. Yeah. Or a werewolf, I don't want to know about it. No. Let's go to the police and leave and hospitals and you know. Well, let's at least go and investigate with a group of people with weapons and cameras and you know, like, let's well, do yeah. it as a group because that's how humans survive. I'm, I'm not quite so no. brave. I would. <laughs> I would be hightailing it with a group sensibly. Yeah. Anyway, so the reporter goes down. He takes some pretty cool photos and it's a nice little touch that he's like staging a bit of the photos. Uh, It's cool there as well. Like he comes across rats trying to escape like the water. It's a nice sort of bit of foregrounding, I think, Mm. of like there's something else in there. Doesn't he see like some horrible mutilated dog? He does. worms or something? Yeah, worms and that, yeah. Yeah, and he's getting some photos of that. He gets some photos of that. And again, he's bending over. And it is it is just a baseline. Yeah. So close to Jaws. It is. But a hook. Hey, are we going to get sued? It 
<laughs> it was effective. It's effective. It works. I mean, the reason they used it in Jaws is because that that's, those strings are very tense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he gets mauled. And he we does. see this alligator. This is, this is quite a treat because I do know I've seen a number of these 80s yeah. horror films where you get, you know, a dollar each sort of thing. Yeah. And often you don't get to see anything, no, uh, not for a long time. Yeah. They'll have like their one special, here's the big moment where we reveal <laughs> some special effects because yeah. we're on a shoestring. But this alligator, it's it's in there and it's biting. It's not too unrealistic. I think no. they probably actually got something very much like an alligator's head. Yeah. Um, maybe a stuffed one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it's it, it looked There's- quite reasonable. Seems to this film, I think, really pulled off that even for 1980 and now it's 2021 that there's enough realism, puppetry, fake, you know, um, jaws, whatever. But they kind of mixed it all enough together that it, that it's realistic enough. Some really fast-paced editing, and you you feel it, that, and that that's a really nice moment with the reporter which has been done in other films, like even like, uh, not Alien, I think is it Aliens or is it Alien 3? So it's like the the idea of like flashing photography the, oh, the and yes. the strobe effect. So it's like you just see some little flashes and of course we're like, well, he's taking photos. Those photos are going to have to rock up. Like it yeah. leads the story on, doesn't it? And that's exactly what happens literally, I think, in the next scene. Yeah, they, they find um, dead reporter. Which of course well, no, they find the camera. They find yeah, the camera. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good for David though. Yeah. Madison, this is like there is sort of that unspoken like, mm. oh really, this guy who's been giving you a hard time it disappears. Yep. But sure enough, they're still doubting the alligator. He says it's the alligator. I swear. And like, oh, yeah. well, uh, you know, the expert has said otherwise. Yep. Uh, was she there at the time when they had the photos? No. 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 So they then the the dude comes out with the. Uh, Cameras and shows them and out of go, the dark room. <laughs> yeah, so look at this, and he says, "Oh, that's like a dead dog." Kids, if you don't know what a dark room is, is where photogra- photographs get developed in the old days with chemicals. Yeah, you didn't just press print. No, <laughs> which is a room, which is why I didn't do more photography. I tell you, yeah. now, I love now, the dark room. Oh, the smells. Oh, that weird vinegary, yeah, sort of smell. I'm not yeah. sure what that was. It vinegar? No, it's chemicals. No, it's the chemical. It's, I didn't have a taste. I don't, I, the developer. Fluid stuff. I don't know what the name is. And then exactly, the, but. the guy says, "No, not the <laughs> dog." And shows him. And sure enough, there's photos of an alligator with its yeah. jaws around this huge dude. jaws, and yeah. and they go, "Oh, okay." So suddenly, David is, uh, you know, vindicated. He is. Is yeah, is vindicated here, and uh, they decide that they're going to get this alligator, and they they set up like a they call in the national guard, of course, which. That's interesting. Here in Australia, do we have the na- we don't we don't no call we don't a- do a national guard. No, I don't we think just, we've called uh, the military in for anything. No, we don't because <laughs> their job is to. I guess in the states they don't call in the military; they've got the national guard, which is more of a. Uh, it is a what do you call it? A, a civil defense mm, force. Yeah, I think so. It is yeah. for internal stuff, so they're yeah. not trained. I mean, we in the have same way. Like and they're not military. The SAS, uh, the SES, oh, the SES, like the for, mil- uh, for sorry for emergency stuff. So maybe and even when missing, you know, when people go missing, the SES get called in. Um, yeah, so they, maybe they don't have like, machine guns. But yeah, they don't have machine guns. Mind you, we don't have but, giant. Alligators. But I don't. I don't know if our uh, military have giant machine guns either. Do they? I'm not too sure, really. 
Um, so the they all they, go they all go down to the sewers. Yeah, they all decide the SWAT team. There's a big action sequence, and I love the uniforms. Up. Like these sort of weird green. They are looks like they're from Mash. They do. They are the the TV show as opposed to nowadays, which is all that ultra macho. Yeah, play. like you're thinking. Maybe they're sort of compensating for something there, like they're like mm. the, the oh look how tough we are with our black and yeah. our patches and our chunky bits and these guys are just normal guys. They, these guys are normal the guys, cops, right? The cops in those days, they're just normal guys. They don't, yeah. they're not like bolt up and stuff, you know. Yeah, they're not running around with their, their look how scary I am with my black outfit mm. on. Yeah, it just is basically a green outfit, and some of them say SWAT, <laughs> yeah. some don't. That's probably the promotion. You get the SWAT top when you've been in the role for five years. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just a junior SWAT. Um, so they they do this whole sort of like, which makes a lot of sense. You know, like you're going to come in from Tunnel A and you're going to come in from Tunnel B and you're going to come in from Tunnel C. And, they're, banging, you know, they're literally banging pots and They're like and banging pans. pots and playing. We'll just like flush him out. That's what they say. Like we'll flush him out. And we have to, you know, like, so they all convene. It's a great big scene. Our main characters are kind of at the the bit that would obviously flush out the alligator. They set up like barbed wire and machine guns with other cops like waiting for the alligator to come out. Uh, he's got a giant map, and they're they're wading in water that's like up to their knees. Yeah, you know, even got, the car is sitting in water. That's, they've got like just a pallet there with a desk and chair yeah, in the water. Do, in the water, and the car like is a, just a normal sedan police car. It's just sitting in the water. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I meant. The water's in this film. And um, there, and then Marissa turns up, and he's a bit like you know, David's a bit like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I thought I'd help. Like, I thought I could come down and lean a hand." And the SWAT team is banging and banging, and they and they convene, which I thought was pretty cool. Hey, like they yeah. came out of their different pipelines, and they like look at each other, and they're really marching and they're walking. Uh, anyway, then David gets the sort of notification that, oh, we're like five minutes from the exit. So, you know, he might be coming, you know, like this creature's coming out ahead of us. So he preps everyone and (laughs) it's a great, like those cops, they all like lock and load. They've all got big guns and, you know, it's a Terminator scene really. Had that that alligator come out, then he would have been in trouble. He would have been in trouble. So they do that and then they're like waiting and waiting and they can, you can start hearing the banging uh, you can't see anything. They're looking down this dark tunnel. I thought that was a pretty cool like, scene. And then it goes and silent. Then it goes silent. You're like, oh, has he got them all suddenly? Yeah, you know? what's going on here? And then the lights come around and yeah. don't hold your fire. Hold your don't fire. Shoot. Hold your fire. Yep. And everyone lowers their guns and the guys come walking out. And they go, oh, well, we didn't get him. We well, missed him. Yeah. We missed him somehow. And David, yeah, I guess, <laughs> turns around and. And the captain's waits. like, we've got to get out of here. Like, let's just yeah, bang the, it. The, the reporters are going to be here, and this is this is not great. I did think like it's quite funny. Like, you know, like they just fanged it, the captain and him. It's like the SWAT guys, and they're like, what do we do? What, yeah. uh, do you want us to like go down another? T- no, oh, okay, yeah, just, no, like, it's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, so they, they jump in there, and I think the mayor was wanting to get it sorted out as well. Yeah, he was, and and of course, yeah. So they 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 go off and they leave and they hide from the reporters, basically. Then we sort of have this weird cut, and I reckon it's real John Sales that we suddenly have like, you know, these like ba- kids playing baseball on the street. Yeah, because they're, they're, yeah, they're, and, they're, 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 and, they're, and the and detective, yeah, the David and the captain come fanging, and they're like standing did, on the road. Do you like, think the captain, he sounded just like Bender from Futurama? He did, he did. In fact, I was watching, uh, what's that other one? Um, Disenchanted mm. on Netflix, which yeah. is uh, the fantasy one, but it's got 
Bender's voice is the king. He sounds just like the king mm. character. Anyway. Don't you love his uh, eyebrows? They're like literally fanged up. You know, yeah. they're so long. Uh, anyway, they come across this like street hooligans, just kids, you know, playing on the street. Then they're like, hey, what's a roto? <laughs> they want to get drive through. Like, they don't want to get out of the way of a cop car, you know, and they do. And then, then the road starts cracking and bumping and crackling up and boom, out comes the... And isn't it wonderful? It's just... The main character, Madison, he was hunting the alligator. Yeah. And it was just, had he just waited oh, a few yeah. moments longer with those kids playing the baseball... He would have seen He would have seen it and they would if have had If he had said, give us your best hit or something, you know, I'll yeah. throw a pitch. But no, they were all, nah. oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. Grumpy, yeah. And so, yeah, moments later, out comes this... And, and that that looks great. The There's a real alligator here. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Real alligator with... Like, punches some, through the roof of this yeah, subway. I don't, know, I don't know how they got the alligator to... To do that it must have been a really strong alligator smashed through and how they grow it so big but it, <laughs> it climbs up out and this is where we get this great forced perspective where yes, you see it do. walking past cars yeah and it's you know its body is the size of a car yeah, yeah. it's a huge thing yeah and the kids run for it screaming and we watch one kid in, in particular who runs in and we get this nice little interlude. This is very John his, Sales, isn't it? When we've seen a, this is, a brother, that from, brother from another planet. Because yeah. the mum's like having an argument on the phone. With a can of beer. Yeah. And it's like, it's just this nonsense argument. And he runs in and says, you know, there's an alligator. And she's like, shut up. And like, <laughs> he like gets a knife. And he goes and gets a kitchen knife. Like, what yeah. sort of kid is this? Yeah. Oh my God, and, then when he, she's, and then she's saying, not my good kitchen knife. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like that, that to me, because we'd just watched Brother... From another planet, it was like, oh, this is John Sayles. Like, yeah, there yeah. you go. Oh, yeah, he, and he runs out. And, he runs, and, and I was like, what's he going to do, this kid with a knife, you know? Oh, my goodness. This mate. thing is bigger than a um, thing. And the uh, so he runs out and the alligators then, um, police have rocked up and the alligator kind of like starts trashing this police car. And the car... And um, its tail yeah, knocks people over. Knocks and, people over. And that and poor copper gets stuck and he's got to jump out through the yeah, window. Yeah, he jumps out. But he's no Jackie Chan, no, this fella. No. He gets caught and then falls out, flops down. And again, we get another one of those horror movie tropes where yeah. instead of immediately rolling over, jumping to his feet and sprinting off yeah. with adrenaline-soaked power, he goes, ah, and <laughs> sort of scrambles backward a bit on his yeah. hands and just and like totally panics. his leg ripped off, doesn't he? And yeah, he gets... He gets done for. Yeah. Well, yeah, just his leg is ripped off. Yeah. You get it, and then but it, it... But it's a great moment because it's like a full leg ripped off. Oh, you get the squirt of blood. Squirt everything. of blood and the, the sort of fake stump kind of idea yes. going on. So, I which thought, again... I like, wonder if they actually hire people with amputee, you know, amputees. I, I think they, they, they do. Stuff. They do in those ways, yeah. Um, they can at Because, you know, that, that cop that gets pulled onto the boat with the two yeah. stump legs, like, where would they have hidden that guy's legs? Like, or was yeah. it just a dummy at... It yeah, looked very convincing might, yeah, like a person. Know, yeah. So maybe they've got a double amputee just to... But you know yeah. what? It's a nice touch because, well, it is an alligator and this is what would happen is you would lose arms and legs, right? Yeah, it yeah. grabs and does this death roll thing. It just, your joint won't survive that. Yeah, yeah. It goes. Um, so, yeah, with all that kind of commotion, the alligator kind of storms off. Um, it starts to now become like a mass city hunt in the mayor's involved uh they're they're at this like nearby lake and they're like oh he's probably in the lake and <laughs> the police are like bombing the lake they're yeah, throwing wh- in charges where do these police get hand grenades from <laughs> i don't know and, and i also love like it's such commotion with the boats isn't it like they're all like just fanging it on the boats they're not just like 
mechanically earlier when the SWAT team went through the sewers is an extremely mechanical like robotic like like you know we all go down the pipes we're banging we're all going convenient at the one moment whereas on this lake they were just like bombing the crap out of this lake. yeah yes. <laughs> it was very sort of like um they weren't dramatic you know they weren't sort of starting at one end no, and no methodically no. moving towards the other to, no, to they were just get going it, crazy just going nuts yeah and someone said it's not a submarine yeah um well i think that's what uh the hunter turns up right oh, and yeah, this guy <laughs> this guy he doesn't have a bald patch. He no. has got the thickest, most lush hair you could imagine. So this guy's called Colonel Brock, played by Henry Sylvia, I think, or Sil- Silva. Um, and he's brought in because he's a big game hunter. And yeah, you're right. He says straight away, it's not a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's kind of like instantly like, I'm going to take it over. And Marissa... I can't remember what she said. She said something. And he's like, hello, beautiful lady. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing about big animals. You know, like, you know, it's very primal when I'm, when I'm hunting and coming up behind a big animal. Straight away, he's onto it, isn't he? Oh, it's, he was, and he's, he's slimy. The whole, he's every sleek. direction he has is dreadful. And he, yeah. he hires on those uh, street urchins yeah, and, like, and refers to them as, as native bearers or yeah. trackers or something like that. And, yeah. Years ago, and they're just Chicago guys. Yeah, like. and these guys are looking at me going, "You what?" Like, and then and then he offers the money, and they go, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hang do. around you for some money." I'm yeah, like, sure. If you because even that that is like ten bucks a day, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And then that one goes twenty. And he goes, "Oh, the king of the pack, you yes. know? Like, <laughs> chief, he chief." Yeah, the that's chief. right. The chief, the chief. There's always a chief. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so he's he's racist, and then he's being interviewed by NBC young woman reporter and he starts talking about the mating he's <laughs> <laughs> like breathing what's the mating call of an alligator and he, oh, he does this you see the going just stop yeah. just just stop dude. the thing that and then and that the, the nice thing with it but is like he's extremely sexist and racist but he would not see himself like that he he's more of a you know an old-timey you know, old fashioned man. He sees you know, himself like, as smooth and yeah. charming. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there's always that fine line, isn't it? But it's a nice, it's very, very different to our chief, to our detective. Like, it's an extremely different character. Yeah, a detective has, has only spoken like a normal human being to That's people, right. which is nice. <laughs> and the other nice thing when we're talking about uh, these sort of gender roles is Marissa's character doesn't play the typical uh, female role in this. No. She. Never needs rescuing. No, she she's doesn't. never the point of motivation for the main character. No, like his his point of motivation is to protect people, and also he's sort of got this past with his his partner that got killed, yep. and then Kelly. He sort of has a, a nightmare later on about Kelly as he well. Does. So he's sort of got this motivation. It's a personal thing. Yeah, it's not about his latest girl mm. being kidnapped or yep. in, stalked by the alligator, and she in fact is plays an effective part in resolving this yeah as well like so she's not just there as uh, and she's not wearing a revealing top or no. you know she's wearing uh what would be relatively sensible yeah professional attire scientist for... clothing and and also like you know earlier in the film when we said it uh the captain takes him to her yeah and he, he's like oh i brought you to an expert to talk about this yes you know so and she's female it's and not, he even walk the cap- up to her and say excuse me where is Dr. <laughs> Kelly, Kendall? Right. We're looking for Dr. Kendall? Yeah. That would be me. 
<laughs> you're just a woman you no, know like no perhaps you mean your father yeah yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want an expert on this which you know i've seen recent films do that you know yeah, like, there are recent are, films where yeah, they, they make that mistake they make that joke just so the the, the female character can get a bit prickly and go, yeah whoa and you're like yeah. oh my god come on move whereas on. there isn't any of that like and, and then later as well david comes to her and he's like well this is my plan to get the alligator you want to help me you know, like yeah. as well, like so he actually seeks her out. He doesn't as a sort partner. of say, uh, "You'll just get in the way." No, you'll just sprain an ankle. No, turns right. out he's the one who gets stuck. He's the one that gets stuck um, again. So yeah, this big game hunters on it, the mayor's on it, the town's on edge. They don't really know where oh. the alligator is. Again, Marissa is sort of saying, "Well, he's gone I'm for- the expert. He's probably going for water." And everyone's like, "No, don't be silly." Yeah, we tried the lake. <laughs> we well, tried the lake. She's not. He's not in the lake. This is um, my second favorite scene. Like, if we were going to talk about favorite scenes, yeah, squirrel, yeah. this is the other one. So the birthday party. It's sitting mm. in the pool. Are this. So the first scene that I really liked was because it, it immediately introduced you. It's kind of an effective little bit of tension right at the start. Yep. But it was just a normal alligator. Yeah, but it tells you alligators are dangerous. Yeah, and now we got this scene here, which is like this alligator is not just a wild animal. Mm. You know, it's a kill on the loose. It's a killing machine. It's freaking dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Because we get this lovely scene. It's a birthday party. They're playing pirates, and a couple of kids are dragging one of the other kids out. We're gonna make you walk. They're playing. Oh yeah. no, Sarah! And he's he has his you know blindfold blindfold on, on and they're taking one of the. Uh, diving board mm. and then just beautifully the mother comes out oh, oh hang on turns the pool lights on yeah. and suddenly the kid who's looking down at his I'm his blindfold just sees, sees this huge alligator in the pool right yeah. there like Captain Hook style yeah. Peter Pan and it was just it makes your stomach turn because you yeah, go no like like this kid's not bad yeah, if, if no, anything the other two kids were kind of being a little bit bully they to were him. yeah I think they were playing a game because yeah. like he was just going along with them and let blind yeah. But yeah, they chucked him in. Yep. And then there's just blood bubbles <laughs> up and these kids are, okay, they're in therapy for life now. They are. Well, the, the horrific bit there as well is just because he knew that one second before, right? Yeah, like, and he screamed, no. Yeah, no, like don't throw me in because he, he could see that. Oh. We, and we did too as an audience, you know, we could see it. So that was a really great that, scene. As um, Alfred Hitchcock, he talks about the, the difference between surprise and tension. Is yeah. that what it is? And he says, yeah, imagine a couple of people having a discussion at a desk and then at exactly 12 o'clock, there's an explosion, the bomb goes off. Okay, that's sort of horrifying surprise, it's scare. Yeah. But there's no tension. Yeah. Now imagine we've got the camera down low and you can see the bomb underneath the desk mm. and a timer ticking down yeah. and they're having this calm conversation all unawares and you just want them to notice. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> And it's something. the same thing here. We see that the, the crocodiles in the pool, the alligators yeah. in the pool, these kids are coming to we you know it's and we're going, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Notice, notice, don't mm. do it. Like surely you're not going to kill a child. No. They do. They do. And, <laughs> and that's what I think pushes this over from kind of a, uh, a science fiction animal story mm. into the horror. It does. Because horror, one of the things that horror does to you is it doesn't just punish bad guys. It, it also has to give you that edge of um, discomfort. Yeah. You've got to feel that it's not safe. The world yeah. is not safe. Things aren't right. Yep. Because if it's just this, the crazy killer killing the bully at school, killing the um, you know the, the guy who 
drug the girl's drink, mm. killing you know, killing the bad people, yeah. as it were, in quotation marks here, then you, it's not scary. No. But the moment it also then kills, you know, the main character's dad, mm. who just happens to turn up. Uh, hi, honey, it's time to come home from the party. Yeah. My, Snap. what's this? That's a nice costume you've got there. <laughs> you know, that's... That's where this movie became a proper horror movie. It did. Um, so, yeah, we do have the good blood in the pool and there's kind of chaos and stuff after that. And there's a there's a real sense of urgency, I think, after that, isn't there? Of like, yeah, because... <clears throat> like, now, now it's killed a kid This alligator's not just kind of a, a, a public disturbance. Mm. It's, you know, murderous. Yes. So, Brock, the hunter, um, kind of gets some information from his tribe. <laughs> his tribal guys, just normal people. Uh, and they're saying, like, oh, they, they heard noise, weird noises down this alleyway and stuff boogie, like that. Boogie Alley or whatever Yeah, Boogie Alley. And so I think probably he, has different meaning in Chicago, 1980. I think so. But anyway, he, he goes down there and, and they won't go with him, which is also a little bit interesting, I reckon. It's a bit John Sayles. Um, and he kind of, like, calls them on their cowardness. And uh, one of them, like, does follow and um, they, they go down and there's a huge big pile of rubbish and we're kind of getting the impression that there's something in the rubbish. Mm. Um, and we kind of... I haven't actually... I haven't really said it actually as much, but we kind of do keep... Which I thought this film did really well is the eyeball. We kept getting the alligator's eyeball. And so that's the thing. There's a big pile of rubbish and then we kind of get the privilege of the eyeballs there. Yeah. And um, him not really knowing it. And then there's a bit of a disturbance and he knows it's there. And so then he like fires. And anyway, the offsider then comes up running behind him kind of like, you know, what's going on? And he's just horrified. And we get this great, great moment because this character was a real sort of, you know, nasty, slimy character. And he's just literally being eaten a hole. Yeah, he's you know, going down swallowed. the gully. He's going down the gully. He's like trying to fight it and he's screaming and pleading for his life and it's just, okay. he's being to, slowly swallowed. To the credit of the fellow that ran down after him, he picks up the gun and tries yeah. to shoot. Shoot a couple but of runs, them. runs out of bullets. Yeah. Two shots is, yeah. he's done. It's a hunting rifle, not yeah. a machine gun. Yeah. And then he, he hightails it with the gun. Yes. Which, um, I know you probably sell it. Yeah. Why not? Add it to his collection yeah. of all the other hunters who have come down and <laughs> patronized him and he's just sort of collected their equipment as they've died down here. So it's we then sort of have a little bit of uh, David and Marissa, their relationship developing. Um, there's a there's a scene there where he's at his place. It's that one you've been talking about, the Ramona poster. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of, you know, they get they're getting a bit intimate with each other. Uh, and and they do, and he's he's very forthright in that moment because he's like, look, we can go to dinner, but am I going to be sitting there the whole time thinking about, are you going to come back here? Mm. And it's kind of implied that well, she no, she wants to come back. She there. thinks for a moment and, and gives a bit of a snog. Yeah, and says, do I take that as a yes? <laughs> Um, and, and then he reveals, he tells about the truth of what happened to his partner, that he was kind of like, you know, he was there and he felt the cold on the back of his neck and, you know, there's a, the person said, I've got a gun to your head, you know, give me your gun. And the partner got shot and, and all that. And he said, well, it turned out he didn't have a gun. He just had a, a roll of coins. Yeah. Um, and quarters. so it's just quarters. Yeah. Why do they call them quarters? But when they refer to one quarter, they talk about fourths. One fourth, one fourth. Yeah, it's it's just. Oh, do you watch when you're watching 
uh, a, a US show talking about fractions. And if it's the coin, which is one quarter of a dollar, mm. so that's a quarter, but they'll talk about, you know, fourths. Unless they're woodworkers, carpenters, and they're talking about quarters of an inch. Right. This is just, a, it's one of those peculiar things about yeah. um, speech I, and numbers. Yeah. I was called out on it by the, the, my Japanese host mother when I, I went and lived in Japan for a couple of weeks doing some stuff. And uh, she was talking, we we're talking about numbers because in mm. Japan they've got this odd numbering, mm. sort of odd to me because yeah. I don't speak Japanese. But then she said, yeah, there's something I'm wondering about English. You talk about like when you get to a thousand, you might say, you know, 2300, 2400. Mm. Where's the crossover? When do you stop saying 1,200, 1,300 and say 1,400, 1,500? And I couldn't answer. Because I was thinking there are definitely some you don't say 9,200. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No. But 2,300. Does make sense. 3,400. Yeah, yeah, that sort of makes sense. But there's some point you reach where it doesn't sound right. Yeah. So th- this is one of my weird observations I oh, have, and I and fine. I I see them talking about a roll of quarters, but then I hear referring to fourths. Yeah, when they're talking about quarters, I'm thinking, why not? Like, why not say? But I, and I think it's the same thing. It's like I don't know. There's a crossover when you're talking about measurements. It's quarters of an inch. Yeah, or quarters of a coin. The coin are quarters. But when we're talking about cutting a cake into fourths, I don't know. I how don't know. That? How many how many times would you cut an alligator up? So there you go. If you're a, a, a linguist who studies the um, U.S. English, perhaps mm. you can let me know. A bit of a sidetrack there. I'm sorry. It, it, it's <laughs> it's what I was thinking sidetrack. of when he was talking about a roll of quarters. I immediately started thinking of this thing through my head going, wow, when do they use quarter and when do they use fourth? So I've there you go. Like, That's what Sari thinks. In a very intimate moment of the backstory of the main character, oh, Sari yes. is thinking about quarters. But this is what happens in movies and stories, isn't it? We go off on segues. Um, so they then are, um, at the, uh, restaurant and they learn about the death of the hunter and they have a bit of a tiff and have a bit of a moment and Marissa storms off. And it's a very realistic relationship moment. You and I were talking about this before we pushed record tonight and yeah, it's quite a, um, you know, good moment that. They're in a real post-coital, that sounds disgusting, moment at the restaurant. And, <laughs> and they weren't, and they're having a they good weren't coital at the restaurant. No, they weren't. But post, I said post-coital. They were having a... They were and having they were a, just in their little zone. And then he finds out this information and he has a bit of a like, you know, he's pissed off and then he takes it out on the situation. And so she just... she And I really liked this because, you know, in so many other stories you have females in particular as well. Like they were just sort of put up with this bad behavior but he's sort of shitty and she's just like oh that's it right okay okay i'm going and he even says well go back home to mum." you know like he kind of is even a dog at, again yeah. to her at the end of it um anyway the next morning he comes groveling back to the mum, and he has a real nice moment with the mum. uh they play a weird eyeball game uh, that, this which... would be a pre-coital moment yes uh, anyway, and then she comes down looking rather nice. I think the whole time mum's been stalling, she's been doing herself up. But she's just wearing a dressing gown. I, I found there's a little bit strange relationship between mum and daughter where mm. uh, she comes down wearing her dressing gown. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, her hair and, and makeup. And and then she's just like, oh, you want to come to my room? And mum's just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah that's, it's sort of... 
demonstrates a certain maturity of relationship that yeah. is uncommon. Yeah. Shall we say? It's like, I've got to admit, if I was in there as, as dad and one of my kids said to do that with the partner, I'd be like, oh, I might just go down and get a coffee in the coffee shop. <laughs> like, this is a bit Yeah, this is awkward. all too I mean, I, I accept that you're adults and this is what you do, but I feel awkward mm. external like there's extra going and i'm the extra i'm the yeah. third wheel on the third third. Wheel yeah so yeah. so a bit it's a bit strange there but they yeah they go up and uh, that he apologizes she she accepts it's a little bit forceful but it is 1980 uh but she does accept and then they then then he kind of divulges a bit of a plan of of getting the alligator and again asking for her help this is what I was saying yeah, before that help. he needs her help she needs to be his partner um and he's basically like where would he go you know where would this alligator go and she goes well he'd be heading downstream you know he'd be heading to the canals and going that way um so they make a plan oh, well he says yeah well, i found the he's probably the nest where yeah. the food was stashed that's right yeah so that's where he's going Yes. He, she. It. He, she, whatever we don't quite yeah, know. No. Well, we never saw any eggs because usually you'd spot some eggs at the end of yep. the bar. It was yep. a woman who was asexual. So, but anyway, no such thing. So we don't know. At this stage, we're guessing. Unless anyone, viewers out there who can uh, sex an alligator from a distance, <laughs> let us know because yeah. I can't. So anyway, they're heading to the canals and we have this kind of, again, the police being very forceful, machine gun in the canals but you do see the alligator you see like you know the good oh, old yeah, fashioned tail and the bag and it's the, swimming through again the police are zipping around they're like zipping around these speedboats and really crazily and machine gunning and you know trying to you know it looks like they're hitting the alligator but you know whatever um and it comes across and they one of them hits the alligator with the boat and it just flips over and they fall into the water explosion Good yeah, 80s explo- explosion. <laughs> Why their boat exploded, I have boat no just, idea. Whenever anything like instantly crashes, it just exploded in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, Sorry and I grew up with this. So any You go back to any 80s movies, two cars hit each other, they explode. A car falls over, explodes. A boat comes off, uh, well, yeah, explodes. All of these cartoons, Simpsons, Family Guys, yeah. they now make a complete joke of it. They do. But that's, that's what we were brought up with. Everything was an explosion. You know, Someone fires a gun and it explodes like it's crazy. Um, so these guys swimming in the water. So of course we get the dinner, the shark, the one, jaws camera underneath the water. One gets pulled down and ripped a you know, blood everywhere. The other one, we've got the a tense like, moment <laughs> where we see his legs kicking under yeah. the water and they're trying to pull him they up on the pull him boat. Up on the boat and, and then the alligator grabs him. Grabs him and they pull him up, they yank him up. Legs. I actually oh, was man. thinking maybe the alligator's going to like pull them all in. You know oh, what I mean? That like, would have been so good. If it had sort of surfaced like, and land on the boat and... But it didn't. But it. But they. Which was what Sari's mentioned earlier. They pulled up this cop, and he's got two stumps. You know, and it's Wiggling, pretty horrific. And they're kicking around. Like <laughs> no, just, they're pretty horrific. Just to really, you know, yeah. sink it in that there's just a little stumpies. Uh, anyway, Marissa and that have kind of rocked up, and they've said, "Well, where's he going?" And they're like, "Oh, Slade's place near here. You know, maybe he's going to go through there." Um, and it's so just they, coincidentally, Slade's very, place is very, between. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a coincidence, but hey, we all want it. Well, it's the wedding of Slade, uh, and Slade's the daughter and the scientist. Yeah, yeah, which we kind of got, we got hinted right, at early these, in the story. These great humiliation, <laughs> the, uh, the, the mayor is the, is the cuck, uh, I think the term is, and he's just constantly trying to yeah, be, that... get in with, with Slade, and Slade's just like, 
dissing him. It was just great. Isn't that a, that's a John Sales moment as well? The way that was scripted because Slade was being very sophisticated. He's cooking these steaks yeah, as well, yeah. and the the man was just like. Yeah, and that's why it was so awkward what he kept saying. Hickory smoke? Hickory smoke, yeah. yeah. And they're like, okay. yeah." And he just kept trying to cut in the conversation, but it was not working. Anyway, giant alligator rocks up, starts oh. ripping people apart. There's a, there's a big pool in the middle of this place. Yeah, people, pool, people jump in. Everyone, everyone's falling in. People are like being thrown. There's probably some explosions in there. People yeah, are falling well, someone, in the pool. Through the cake. Someone smashed through the cake. There's also, there's a moment where one stunt man also like, he's like, I don't know if it's just the commotion or the allocated strength, but he like, he literally flies across the screen and hits two other people. Yes. I was like, wow, that's like really cool action. Like what's going on there? Yeah. And his tail keeps swinging around. Yeah. I think that's what the tail is like hitting people and stuff. Yeah. And of course you see that big cake and, Mm. and there's another one of these 80s things. Yeah, it is. You see a big cake like that. Someone's going someone's through someone's going it. through it, yeah. yeah. It it's doesn't like, matter if it's, it's a like comedy horror like, or whatever. They're carrying a plate glass yeah. window, you know, someone's <laughs> gonna smash through it. There's, there's a, a a truck loaded with water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and know. the car slams into it and the water you know, all slides out. It's like Wayne's would uh do that joke with the glass going across the road, you yeah, know, and they just hit it. Packing and un- unloading and unloading yeah. boxes. <laughs> And fruit, what are you doing? Oh, we're just here to cut. pack the buses. <laughs> there's a fruit car. There's always there. a fruit car. Yeah. Doing nothing. Anyway, uh, this allocator is terror. He rips apart the scientist's son-in-law. Yes. He grabs him. He's got him in his mouth, and he's like chomping him up, and, and throws him aside. Throws and him aside. And of course, Slade goes around and jumps in his limo. Yep. And the mayor comes running up and says, let me in, let, let me in, let me in. And he won't. He locks it's the door. too late. The alligator yeah. takes alligator's him. Alligator's in game. And yep. he says, go, go, go. The alligator gets in front of the car and then yeah. tears the car apart and like yeah. crushes down. Just crushes it. And crushes. And we see Slade just get crushed underneath there yeah. and blood trickle out. It's great, isn't we it? We know that's the end of Slade. Yeah. Musa and David rock up, you know, to the commotion. Um, they know what's going on. They kind of run out the back. They can see that. And then the alligator's stomped off back into the rivers or the canals the or whatever, the sewage yeah. system. And, and they can see that, you know, there's an entrance to a sewage system and they're like, oh, he's going back to his lair. Yeah, so so um, Madison, Daldavo, he says, right, you're, we're coming, I'm coming up here. I've set the alarm, the, the bomb for two minutes or whatever it is. Yep. So and I'm going to be coming up here. you got to go there and make sure that that Man is clear. open, yep. And so, yeah, as I said, this, she's not the bait. No. Uh, and he goes down there, sets his bomb, yep. uh, and he goes running, he's chased by this alligator. It's only alligators he's there. He's in the um, methane in the area. Methane, and he loses his gas mask, so he's choking and coughing. He's attacked and by the alligator at the last minute. Yeah, and he manages to climb up, and he just starts lifting up the manhole cover, yep. and a car parks on it. Mm. Meanwhile, <laughs> the time is counting down. The time is counting down. Yeah, and it's one minute now. He's just about choking. And he's trying to get it up, and, and there's this kind of garbage truck and then this old lady who's parked on top of him and Marissa, and Marissa rocks up and she's like you got to move the car and the lady's like ah stuff you get who, lost. who are you where's who your you manager you yeah you know and this garbage truck slowly <laughs> and he's underneath trying to hit it and the alligator's there near the bomb and you think oh no he's going to turn it off it's about 10 seconds left finally she convinces her finally she to move. Yeah, it all moves the garbage truck moves he moves and he hops out and bang explosion an explosion yeah. kaboom uh, I mean, I didn't want to say that methane is And there's a car, there's again, colorless. there's suddenly a car that just blows up. Yeah, there's, there's a car that like, 
There's just a car sitting there that blows. Some more explosion. Yeah. (laughs) They had some extra fuel. Yeah. Uh, We've got enough budget to blow up another car. Do it. People love it. Yeah. These are 1980s cars. They're not great. (laughs) They do that most of the time just by themselves. You know, I I had a 1980 Mitsubishi Colt. Mm, That's good car. Good car. You see, more recently, the Mitsubishi, I remember when I bought, uh, I had one years ago now, but certainly far more recent than 1980. It came with a five-year um, warranty and an mm. unlimited warranty on the drivetrain. Right. And I'm pretty sure that's just to try and was getting back from the fact that my 1980 car every two weeks got broken down <laughs> and I had to fix it and I became an expert at making that thing run. Yeah. And so I got rid of it and got another Mitsubishi. You'd think I wouldn't. No. Except they had a you know this five-year unlimited warranty thing. And I was like, well, okay, you seem pretty confident now. <laughs> Let's see. How, let's see how confident this. Really see how is. confident you are. Do I have to change it every two weeks? Does so, it just explode when alligators come by? So yeah, and yeah, there's. Um, I think back then there was, there was more exploding cars. I think so. I think so. Anyway, so they're they're fine. They, you know, we saw as well in the explosion. The alligator actually like was ripped apart. Yeah. Like we saw it. A blow beautiful. Up. That would have been the last scene they shot yeah. with a puppet. Yeah. Last shot blown up. So they know it's all good. Rooster and David are good. Uh, City safe, and then we just have this nice long shot, the replica of earlier in the film when Marissa's little alligator got flushed down, popped into the sewage. That we have the same sort of drainage pipe with the trickling water, and this crocodile pops out. Oh, not crocodile, alligator. Ah, yes, I've been saying alligator all night without saying crocodile. Of course, down here in Australia, they're all crocodiles. You know, all crocs, all huge. We... You call alligator big? Come have a look at our crocs. Couldn't fit them in our sewers. <laughs> Um, so there's a little cute alligator flush town again. So the whole and story it blinks repeats. again. It's yeah. eye blink, 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 blink. Yes. So cute. Oh, and off it trots. So what about your ladder, Surrey? Where does this one hit on? So your we're climbing ladder? up this ladder here. This ladder climbs up again. Recommendations for the order of uh, how you should watch this. This one films. comes after the Wandering Earth. Oh, okay. So you've got yourself this massive hundred million dollar science fiction space. Epic action. Chinese one, yeah. And then you go back down to 1980 Alligator Chicago. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And then into Occupation, you're into Australian Outback oh. being invaded by aliens. I know, Sounds I just, good. I like this um, contrast of flavors that you're going to go through at that point. Mm. Sounds good. So that's down there at number, number 35. Yep. So. It's quite good. I, I did enjoy this. It was a very fun movie to watch. Mm, yeah, it's, extremely fun. It was nice, um, as opposed to a number of other of the similar sort of 80s, you know, horror cash-in type movies. Like, mm. this is this movie was really for teenagers when I first watched it. Yeah. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. But watching it now as an adult, surprised and pleasantly so, at, as I said, some of these characters, you know, the way that Hunter spoke... I, I didn't really notice that before when I watched it the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I noticed it when I oh, he's kind of a bit of a douche, but yeah. I didn't really know why. Now I'm watching mm. him going, oh, that's just mm, <laughs> that's and it's it's almost he's a off. comedy. It's almost a yeah. comedy the way he is. The the mating call of an alligator is more yeah. like, eh, eh. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. How about you? Uh for me, uh, it's kind of coming in at number twenty three, which you know we've got we've got over forty films now, so past the halfway mark, 
for me on my list, that's kind of uh, I'm dropping it right below the darkest dawn and above Gantz and sort of Doomsday. Uh, again, I again this one I I would it surprised me even though I've seen it before. It's been a long time. Um, I think the narrative was so tight in this film, and I also liked that. You know, we went into detail that the opening really sets a tone that alligators are dangerous. And then we very quickly have dismembered bodies and this detective going after it. And then re- and then pretty rapidly we're into, you know, the inciting incident and that is pretty much the fact that, yeah, there's a this massive alligator. Like, so I really appreciated that there wasn't a lot of uh, waffling to get us to what the premise of this whole story was. Oh, you yeah. know, there's been a few movies like that. I've, Dare I say, <clears throat> Batman vs Superman, <laughs> an hour and a half in, and still and, nothing, and it's, it's just Clark Kent talking to Bruce Wayne at this mm. point. I, th- I think this is one of those ones. Look, someone that is a script writer, like I like, I write my scripts. I've studied a lot of scripts. The more films I watch, you see something like this, and you realise that it can be done so tightly. Like that's and that's what I was really appreciate. I was really appreciated how quickly we got in the action. On a side note, if you look at horror, uh, I watched the Australian crocodile film Rogue, and I think they've done the same idea. Greg McLean, director of Wolf Creek, the start of Rogue. See, the start of this, we have an alligator that tears that guy's leg apart. What's the point of that, Surrey? To introduce the idea, the basic premise here, that there's alligators and they're pretty dangerous. Right, Ordinary yeah. alligators just by themselves in a zoo are dangerous. Yeah, Rogue, right? Rogue, the crocodile story at the very beginning, and I don't, you know, we're not going to talk about Rogue and, and this is not spoils anything. Very beginning, we basically have the same scene, but in the wild in Australia outback, a crocodile, a, a, a buffalo comes down to the water and it's really subtle and it's huge. It's a really big water buffalo. It like, I think that's what they're called in this. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, these huge big things, got big tusks, kind of looks around, has a drink of water, looks around. You see nothing in the water, looks around. I don't know how they actually got this creature to do it because it, it's a real water buffalo. Looks around, has another, boom! This crocodile just rips it into the water. Mm. And what's the whole point? And then it like it goes under and the water just goes quiet again. You know, nature is just the Australian outback. And you don't hear the water is perfectly still again. That's the opening of Rogue. What is the whole point? It's exactly the same as this. It's it's showing you how, like, this crocodile ripped this massive water buffalo into the water within seconds. The water's still again. It's just it's, it's, it's I guess it sets it's up how establishes that believability. Yeah, it says you know, you, you reckon this this is probably true. Yeah, and and the start of uh, alligator is the same. It's only a moderate size alligator, yeah, yeah. like an ordinary alligator. But it does a huge amount of damage. But to yeah, this guy's leg. Yeah, and it's kind of like saying, see, see, like this is yeah. this is how dangerous they can be. That's right. Now you get one that's, you know, 10 metres long yeah, uh, and pumped up with roids <laughs> or whatever it is. So it could be believable, those things. So it does. It, it lets us buy in. So, look, I think it's, for me, it's um, a really tight script. I had a lot of fun watching it. I actually think the special effects are great for 1980, especially on a smaller budget. Um, I love that they included, like, that cityscape scene where... It's a real crocodile marching down 
some sort of <laughs> model street. Yeah, and it pushes uh, its way past and, that and the, and park it, bench. Yeah, and, and they do the same in the... Um, and the way that it, like, cracked open the concrete, that was a real alligator, like, bumping its head up. Uh, and they do that in the sewerage system as well, that there's a few shots that with, it's the point of view of the alligator. It's obviously a puppet, but it's quite believable. But then what I, what I meant is they also do a real alligator, like, walking through the sewer. I think that's at mm. the end when it's coming after David and he's trying to set the bomb up. They kind of have a nice tracking shot following the alligator. So so there's a lot to like about this film. Like it's tight. It's only 90 minutes. Um, it doesn't muck around. It gets you straight into what the stakes are. I think when you then now as an adult looking at the characters, uh, first of all, the characters are extremely not cliched they're they're actually quite rich this story of david and his baldness and being a reoccurring conversation piece i mean this is what we so many people would say about tarantino like they're like oh his dialogue is amazing you look at something like this you can see that dialogue like the fact that we've got this hunt going on for an alligator and yet this poor guy keeps getting picked on because he's kind of balding. And, um, you get, and you get a little sideways scene where the kid runs into his house and yeah. his mum's having a full-on... It would have been easy to yeah, have, could have just been not the kid. shown that kid no, at all. that's right, that's right. Like, why, adds, why do we even follow that? We follow that it. because it it brings that level, here's how the city's responding mm, and here's, yeah. here's the circumstance and the situation yeah. in which we have yep, yep. an alligator going crazy. And it's the same with the hunter, you know, like everything we've talked about, like... Yeah, he's slimy like a, an alligator. <laughs> he's slimy and he's he's sexist and racist, but it's very toned down sexism and racism that, again, you know, yeah, when I watched this as a teenager, I probably just thought the guy's a, a dickhead, but when you watch it now, you're like, oh, he's gross. Yeah, like, he's something, something really, in his core. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and, but yet he's super confident about catching people. So for me, I just think it's a, it's a pretty cool little sci-fi horror uh, and again, I like that scientists are the bad guys. Sorry for those of you out there, but I, I like this premise of let's blame them. Like, just honestly, the scientists are at fault here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you look at something like The Darkest Dawn, which is like, you know, the British indie low-budget film, which has got so much going for it, totally worth looking at. Then you come from that and you look, you go back in time a bit and you look at this kind of science fiction horror then you jump jump over to Japan and have a look at Gantz point and your th- big rolling heads and stuff. Yeah, you know? like rolling, and that's kind of like another level of blood and sci-fi in a whole another way. Like I think that would kind of be a pretty cool little mixture of science fiction. That, that's a good. Uh, we've got a couple little. Uh, it's a good little trilogy there, isn't it? <laughs> we watch those three in a row. Yeah, it just wouldn't be great. We could have a a film festival with all forty three or whatever it is these films in order, and by the end of it, you would probably become some sort of science fiction villain because you'd be so <laughs> brainwashed broken it. from hour upon hour of sci-fi. I think so. So sorry, you hinted earlier about ginormous animals. Gigantic the science animals. The, the science behind it. Uh what do you gotta what do what do you want to explain about this science part of Alligator? Well in Alligator here the uh, Slade Industries or chemicals Bastards. Oh, the, oh that, <laughs> that naughty puppies. scientist fellow who was working on puppies, he was explaining that the reason he was working on puppies is trying to solve food shortages. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's something we've done at various times. So with that in mind, 
do yourself a favor and do a bo- bit of a Google search for Knickers the cow. Oh, no. Yeah, not cow <laughs> knickers. This, that's for a different thing. Yeah, you get a whole other website. No, it's, it's a, a gigantic steer. So it's not actually a cow. It's a steer, which is a castrated boy. Yep. Uh, it's two meters tall. Right. So you see this shot of a you know a rather typical looking Holstein, a black and white cow. Mm. It's essentially twice the size of the rest of the herd around it. Mm. Is this a new thing? Like when did this cow thing happen? 2018. This okay. Is. Because actually there is a big cow in the science lab, isn't there? In the film. In the alligator. Yes. Because yes, he says, oh, it's a calf. He goes, it's a big calf. Yes. Remember? It's a big calf. Because it is a cow. The thing is, they don't... Uh, Lucky old Nickers here have escaped the knacker, the knackers. <laughs> Nickers missed the knackers. Slade Industries. They missed down Slade Industries. Because he's so huge. Yeah. The farmer said, oh, well, let's keep him around. That's kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah, yeah. It makes money. So he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he saved his life by being massive. Yeah. Now, they don't know why he's so massive. Right. He just comes from ordinary Holstein. So uh, this is just like the toilet. To, uh, sorry, toilist. <laughs> tallest. <laughs> toilist. Toilet, toilet, damn it. Why can't I say that word? I'm saying, I'm stuck in the sewerage system. Uh, The toilet, I can't say that. That's weird. Tall human ever? I'm going to say it that way. The toilet human. The toilet humor. Oh, Oh, you know, Robert Wadlow. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of. Yeah, so that's gigantism, which is megaloracromolib. I can't remember. Something like that. It's uh, acromegaly. Right, okay, yes. Yeah, so. So that's a pituitary gland disorder. That so is this not what the cow got. the cow's got? It's possible. However, the the problem is uh, to find out. We, we'd have to probably kill, kill the cow. It. Check it out. <laughs> the cow will die in all good time, yeah. and then we'll find out. But in humans, the acromegaly, which we know some famous ones. There's Robert uh, Wadlow. I don't know if you know the name mm. so much. You'd recognise the pictures. Yeah, yeah. But there's like Andre the Giant, for yeah. example, from, yeah, you know, he was in Princess Bride. Princess Bride, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's also Jaws, the dude in um, James Bond. Yep. And also in, he's also, well, he's in a couple of films. He is. The other one was at Pale Rider with, with Clint Eastwood. And he's in... Uh, Happy Adam, Madison. Happy Madison. <laughs> I was going to say Tiger Woods yeah. biography. That's right. Yeah. That's a strange appearance. Uh, he's the one that he has the affair with. Oh yes, it's, just, it's okay. So they have they have this, and this cause, in humans this causes a number of health problems. Mm. And what we like to do is if we can catch this early on, mm. where we like to treat it with like hormone therapy or right. some surgeries yep. and so forth, because it's it's not healthy. It no. causes. Uh, you know, hip dysplasia, organ, you know, overgrowth and failure, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. All sorts Serious of... Serious conditions. All sorts of terrible conditions, which are probably not great. Uh, high blood pressure. The list goes on. Yep. It's extremely rare to see pituitary gland action like this in animals. Yep. The reason is not entirely known. Mm-hmm. Possibly it's because they die early, mm-hmm. and so we just don't see them, because so we don't know what effect this gigantic Holstein cow mm. is have. Like, well, uh, I mean, it's three years ago now, so perhaps something has a, has come out of it. But from so far, so good. Yep. So it's not real. But more commonly in the animal kingdom, gigantism is more in relationship to what they call island gigantism. So if right. you get a species of animal 
sufficiently isolated from external pressures. So commonly an island mm -hmm. where you are the only predator, say, like the Komodo dragon. Yep. They're great huge lizards. Yep. They live on um, the Florensis Island, Flores, in Indonesia. Yes. And if you recognize that name, it's because, strangely enough, gigantic Komodo dragons, there's also a very large rat, which is about a meter or so long. Jeez. Uh, it's, it's not like a sewer rat type thing. It's a relationship, yeah. but it's still a rat that is yeah. huge. But it's also a species of human, the Homo florensis, a.k.a. the hobbits, right. which were themselves only about a meter tall. Mm. They weren't suffering from uh, dwarfism or any other um, pituitary failure or, or um, what do you call it, chromosomal alteration. Yep. They were actually just really small. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what you get. Right. And yeah. where were they based? Uh, that's Indonesia, the island uh, of Flores. Right. Yeah, so on they, the same island. So on the same island, you can mm. imagine you're a dude about a meter tall. Yep. And you come across a, ma a rat about a meter long. Mm. That would be terrifying. It'd be like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Huge. And Komodo dragons, which themselves are like six, seven, like maybe nearly two meters long. Yeah. Uh, and they're... They don't mind eating anything they come no. across. Yeah. A bit aggressive if they if they know their way. So that's that's natural gigantism, and it happens due to lack of evolutionary pressures. If you don't have any reason not to grow big, mm. then you'll grow, not necessarily just grow big, but you'll grow to a size that fits other requirements. Yeah, yeah. So, course. for example, food. Yep. If you can just catch food better because you're bigger. Yep. You grow bigger. Yep. Uh, there's uh, a giant rabbit type creature. Uh, they're not actually rabbits, but they were. They're on this island in uh, 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 my, my, oh, mm. Maldives. The Maldives. No, no. Do they have giant rabbits? It's a prehistoric Menorca. Menorca. The Mediterranean island. Yes. So they're not around anymore. They're prehistoric. Yeah, but they were huge. Yeah, they were like twenty-two kilos yes. compared to like a two-kilo rabbit, so about yeah. ten times the size of a normal rabbit. Mm. And they just had no predators on this yeah. island, so as they bigger got, and bigger. Uh, yeah, like as big as sheep, basically. Yeah. <laughs> because there's an advantage to having like a lot of time to digest your food. Yes. Yeah, you chew a bunch of grass; it takes time to digest it. Rabbits, for example, are eating constantly. Yeah, yeah. Because they've got little intestinal tracts, food goes straight through them. Mm. Um, yeah, so great, huge thing. There's. Uh, so tell me about Slade Industries, but. Slade Industries. You know, what happens if we do make animals well, bigger? Sorry. We do. So Do we? Yes, we do. There's really? A, the Black Percheron is a, uh, a rather big horse. It's a draft horse uh, right. from France. Right. And this thing. 19 hands, which doesn't mean much to us. But again, it's two meters at the shoulder. So right. you, you're, you're talking about like a, a, tall, a tall human standing there and it's only at the horse's shoulder. So, so why did they make this horse so big? Well, it's to carry big loads. <laughs> Certainly not for eating. No. However, we have grown larger animals for eating. Mm -hmm. um, rabbits and sheep and things, more meat. Yeah. Uh, chickens, famously. Yeah. Uh, Cows, particularly in 
not in Australia have hormones, yep. testosterone, in order for them to put on muscle yes. mass. Uh, there's controversy around that. People sort of say, well, we don't want to be eating that in the meat. Yeah. Uh, the other side of the coin, they're saying, well, we've tested it and we've seen it's at not dangerous levels in the mm. meat. And you sort of, you know, people sort of going, well, how do you know how people can respond to this? Yeah. And so on, it goes back and forth. It doesn't change anything. Um, a lot of people still eat it. Yeah. So that's probably okay. Yeah. It's probably fine. And Slate Industries trying to grow bigger things. But of course, the problem is you don't solve world hunger by growing a bigger cow because you know what? <laughs> bigger cows eat more grass. Yes. You'd be better off just eating the grass. Yeah. Or planting something that we can eat, not grass, yeah. obviously. Which is, of course, what your, your basic vegan, vegetarian... Mm. Um, uh, one of their arguments, of course, is that environmentally speaking, we should be eating more vegetables yeah. because why grow the vegetables to feed to an animal yeah. to then eat the animal. Yeah, it's creating... It's, it's wasteful, it's inefficient. Yeah. And I, I agree. I ate fish tonight, though. It was wild caught. I don't know if that's better or worse. Yeah. I can't tell. But we've got, we do this for people, too. Mm. Like steroids, anabolic steroids. Eat people. Yeah, eat people. Uh, we, you know, to make bigger people to eat and soil and green. <laughs> Man, more delicious. Yeah. But, hey, that's a movie we're going to do. Yeah, I, and I, I, you look into um, steroids and they're very targeted at growing people bigger. But you notice mm. they don't grow people like taller, they just works on their muscles. Yeah. So there's very particular hormones. So in Slade Industries here, I reckon they must have been doing a, a number of studies based mm. on, uh, first of all, you'd have to do some sort of hormones, but there's whole mixture of hormones you'd have to well, use remember there was that moment in the film the slade mr slade the ceo guy he did say to the mayor that he had four different patents or products. four different products mm. going through the fda and you know if they don't go through if they don't go through you will lose your job mayor kind of idea i find it funny that it, the mayor is so concerned about losing his job yeah right okay. but that is politicians isn't it that's kind of I don't know what they all do. We're seeing that all the time. I won't go into politics right now. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have started down because always the problem with corruption is it's when you start down that path. Yeah, that's when you got owned, yeah. and then that's it. It's over. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Um, Why don't we make humans taller? To like you know we had that whole Chinese supplement. Um, uh, it was back in 1997, 1998. We had the World Swimming Championships in Perth. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the, or maybe 1996 or something. Uh, no, hang on, the Olympics were 2000. I think it was 1998. Uh, it was the one that Ian Thorpe kind of, he was about 16. And yeah. he announced himself on the world stage. Um, and there was the one that then they were like, the Chinese women's team, were suddenly predominantly much more, you know, in their physical features, they seemed a lot more masculine. They were massive. They were huge. That's and there was huge a lot of controversy in it. And it did come out, I think, either during it, they were disqualified or something came out that they just were not, it just didn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then the question I kind of think is with this technology is like, yeah, why isn't this technology being more used for... I suppose stuff like Olympics and that, yeah. Or, but is there not enough money in it? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think probably 
it's hard to get the mix right. This mm. is a very, it's a very individual thing. One person could take anabolic steroids and, you know, grow big and muscly and strong mm. yep. and live a healthy, happy life. Yeah. And another person could go on it for a year or two and then get liver cancer and die. Yeah, yeah. And, oh no! I'm not talking about steroids. I'm talking about yeah, like hormonal. Oh, just any is it of all genetic growth. modification, yeah, so I, that we end up having like a coming. super smart race or something. Yeah, it's it's coming because people always are looking for this. There's obviously uh, moral and ethical issues, but that doesn't stop the hypothesis no, occurring. That's right. And the question, of course, is we don't. I, I think it's really we don't know what makes a better person. Yeah, a better for thing. what purpose? Yeah. Because we talk about if we talk about intelligence, oh, we make someone smarter. How are you measuring smarter? Like, yeah, that's right. You can usually sort of say we want don't want someone deficient, mm. but then how do you measure how? And even today, we find come across people who would be uh, really smart or genius. Mm. They're not necessarily happier no. or wealthier. No, uh, there's a certain correlation between intelligence and wealth. Yep, and intelligence and happiness. But it disappears at extreme levels. Yes. Like you do get people who are extremely intelligent, they're happy and healthy and wealthy. Yep. But you also get them, they, they're, they're miserable and they don't enjoy life. Or they're, Super villains. They're bums <laughs> on the street, you know, like yeah. uh, it's so uh, I, I, I just yeah. think it's just too complicated to it figure is, out. It is. Animals, it's easier because they usually serve a purpose. Yes. Like these draft horses, like I've got a picture of it here, like. You do a, uh, a search for Moose. His name is Moose. Is this horse? Yep. He's huge. And yeah, you can imagine you, you whack a yoke on him and you put a cart behind him and load it up with some Carlton Draft barrels or Budweiser <laughs> him, in America. Whip him on the butt. And he'll lug massive loads. Like this is yep. what trucks, they had for trucks. In fact, they're still used in some places for logging because they can, you know, horses can travel places that, Vehicles, harder for the vehicle. unless you're going to have like extremely expensive, sophisticated vehicles. Yeah, much easier just to get a horse. Yeah, and these horses are big and they can pull a lot, mm. and they're relatively friendly. So we can, we can quantify what makes a good draft horse mm. or yeah. what makes a good sheepdog, but how do we say what makes a good human? That's right. Suddenly, you know, it gets very difficult to figure that one out. It does. But uh, yeah, so that's that's it. Uh, you can look more into anabolic steroids. They're really interesting, um, particularly because they're used therapeutically. Of course, there are people yep. who genuinely have um, hormone dis- um, we have discrepancy or deficiency. Yeah. But then, of course, the the desire of someone who starts getting into bodybuilding, mm. they're going to get bigger. And yeah, you know, I remember I was I was quite into bodybuilding for a while, like and and working in the the gym, and and I could see the attraction. Yeah. Of you know because you work so hard at the gym and you you try to eat the right things and you know do all these things the right way and it's, it's so slow you've going. got to be consistent yeah and it's you know you've also almost got to have a disorder yeah almost yeah in order to so much so that some people do clock over to the disorder yeah, side yeah. in order to be regimented and and diligent enough to gain you know what you want yeah and if you're not getting there like you're sort of going, well, I'm not seeing what I, I want yeah, to be seeing the or point? the difficulty seems to be so high. Yep. And there's this idea, well, just you know, pop a couple of these pills or shoot this in your buttock or something rather. And yeah, you know, here's, and you see like uh, like these days on Instagram and stuff, you see someone 
in three months this transformation and they're like small and then after three months they're like a they look like a world class athlete. Yeah. They're probably not, but they look like one. Yeah. And and you go, like, what are they doing? What are they using? Mm. And you find that they're using something you go like, How do I get that? Because mm. that's you know uh, but yeah, animals much easier. Yeah. Alligators apparently super easy. Super easy. They're not even being in, this alligator's not even being injected. He's just consuming it. Oh, and then he goes just monstrous killing rampage. Yeah, that's see that's a better alligator. It is. It is a better like, alligator. All the aspects of an alligator. Didn't need, like she said, it needed it needed sun. Well, this thing didn't seem to need sun, did it? No. Nah. <laughs> it was just a steady supply of dead dog. <laughs> yes, and don't we all just need a bit of dead dog from we time do. to time? We do. We definitely do. All right, well, that probably wraps up what we need to say about Alligator, I think. Yes. And we're going to move on to uh, episode 55, which is a classic, and we're going to go way back in time. Way back. Way to... back to almost when uh, the term robot was coined in 1920. But not quite that far. <laughs> no, uh, almost that far. We're looking at Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Metropolis. 1927. It's a total classic. I saw this as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, I saw it as a teenager and then studied it a couple of times in my film uni days. Blew my mind, as did Fritz Lang. So I'm pretty excited to go back, have a look at this film and and come in here and talk about it. So check us out on our website, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just basically Google Space Brains Podcast. You can also find us on Gravity Undone and markregan.com.au and let us know what you thought about what we said and discussed on Alligator. Do you have a large dog or alligator in your backyard? Please let us know. Send us photos. Yeah. Or video. Sure. Yeah, send us photos <laughs> of your large puppies. Yeah. No, hang on, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, you can do that. I I'm talking mind. about like golden retrievers here. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Not really. Um, <laughs> send pics. <laughs> send pics now. <laughs> uh, either way, well, I'm, I'm happy. Send us your big alligator skins. <laughs> big alligator skin <laughs> yeah. boots? Sure, why not? Why not? I'm up for anything. And uh, check us out next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.